Together we banished the ignorance of old night. But you betrayed me. You betrayed us all. You stole power from the gods and lied to your sons. Mankind has only one chance to prosper. If you will not seize it, then I will! So let it be war! From the skies of terror to the galactic rim! Let the seas boil! Let the stars fall! Though it takes the last drop of my blood! I will see the galaxy freed once more! I cannot save it from your failure, father. Then let the galaxy burn. Secured Podcast. My name's Mike. Hi, I'm Emma. This is episode 102, Let the Galaxy Burn. We're talking Horace Heresy today. Are we? We are. And we're I re- knew that. <laughs> On it. <laughs> and we're recording this um, after receiving the Age of Darkness and the two Lead Journeys of Stardies books. The Age of what? Age of Darkness box. I thought you said Age of Arkness. Darkness. Like, what? That doesn't sound right. Anyway, we got the big black box and the two black books, courtesy of Games Workshop, so thank you very much for supplying us those boxes for review and uh, basically giving us the content of this podcast. Our postman wasn't very happy. No, I, I guarantee he wasn't. He delivered about four different boxes over that week. No, but one of those boxes was really heavy. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't happy and it was raining. <laughs> that was the... Uh, they delivered it in the... Well, there's a few things we got delivered, which today we're going to be talking about the heresy. In future episodes, we'll talk about the other th- other stuff. But the, the two deliveries for the heresy, the big black box, Age of Darkness, is... Not insignificant. It's a big box. Hmm. It's probably Indomita-sized. Um, maybe even a little bit bigger. I'm not sure. I didn't compare them. Uh, but it it's is... in the size of the actual The actual box. box, yeah. But the content is overflowing. I actually opened it when ooh and ah and tried to put the lid back on and couldn't. Hmm. Uh, and then the little box, which I wasn't sure what it was. I thought to myself, there's no way this is the two army books because it weighed a freaking ton. Yeah. It was the two army books. And I uh, was talking to... Uh, someone who we'll talk about, uh, we'll have on the show in a second, um, about those books, and they're like an inch and a half thick and hard backed, and they're three hundred and fifty something pages they're like each, just over an inch. No, they're over an inch thick each. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grin all you like. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> Keep going. Behave. Goodly. So, um, we've had uh, a bit of a lull in our events. Over the last, we had war calls recently. We had 32 players, our first two-day GT event, which you might have seen a review on Goonhammer. Congratulations to Lockie Rig for winning that event with the Sisters of Battle. Um, and we're currently trying to line up Line Breaker for our trip down to Albany. Um, but other than that, we've um, been madly... I think October for that. <laughs> is it, is it, you don't want to do it in the winter. Is it warmer by October? Well, um... It can't I, be colder. 
I've just been told our October event has to be changed, so we're still working on what's going to happen with that. But uh, I've already got teams contacting us in regards to September for WATC, which is really exciting. So when those, did you get that? Well, those tickets will go up. Basically, I've been waiting for a certain release that will... Basically, once, the t- once that release has come out, the tickets will come out, which isn't far away. So, um, but like I say, today is all about heresy. And heresy. <laughs> before we chat to Sam, who is our guest for today, who's one of the longest serving members of the heresy community here in WA. That we know of. That we know of. Um, I wanted to kind of... Well, maybe not longest serving, most active that we know of. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to talk a bit about the books and the box and our thoughts on it without his two cents included. And then also talk about the pricing structure here for Australia in regards to the full release, which we now have... Um, you know, obviously available to the general community. There are obviously leaks and bits and pieces um, prior to the release, mm. but we have obviously the confirmed pricing structure here with us. Okay. So, are we going straight into it? Like, do I need to... No, we're just going to move straight on. We're not going to talk about the price? No, no, that's what I'm talking about. We're going to go straight to that. So I'm going to I'm going to give you those... <laughs> oh my God, we are so out of sync. <laughs> I'm going to give you those numbers as we go. Because um, I'm on Games Workshop's website right here, but I don't want you to see the prices because I want to get your honest reaction when I read the numbers. Okay, so I won't eat my jelly, will Don't you? eat your jelly. Because I might choke. Now, I think you already know what the Age of Darkness box set is worth, do you? I vaguely remember we had the conversation about it. <laughs> $475 for the big box. Yeah, that's a lot. Like, it's, that's a big number. It is a big number. Mm. I think they're very sensible not breaking 500 um, because at the, the number five at the front of that would scare a lot of people. Four at the number. The four at the start of it scares me. The trick is, I suppose, when you break down the contents, it is actually a really good value box in comparison to what all of this is going to be priced when it comes out as singles. It gets really difficult because, so as part of the conversation that we have with Sam, we obviously talk about the fact that this is, you know, it's a, it's a game in a box. They've they've rejigged it and they've made it so that it can stand alone and it's no longer a subsidiary of 40k it is actually its own game system and all of those things so it's a single purchase will get you into it yeah but 475 dollars doesn't sound like a starting price for me then again i think you went shopping for the first time for food recently in a little while and went oh my god everything's so expensive so yeah i have but <laughs> Everything's you know, I have up. to feed my kids three times a day. Like that's it's frowned upon if I don't feed them. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> but this is definitely a luxury product. Yes. And four hundred and seventy five dollars if you're billing it as a starter box. That's a lot. I still feel like the game, even though this is technically a they're, they're, first of all, they never call it a starter box. No, I know. But that's obviously what it is for new players. Yeah. Um and yeah. I think that it's one of those boxes where you already talk like Games Workshop's already a niche product. This is a niche within a niche, and if you're if you're actually interested in it, then in terms of value, for the value proposition of it for the rest of it individually is probably going to be too good to pass up, even for long time players. So, look, I think long time players are going to, yeah, most definitely they're going to go in and they're going to get it. I've seen a few guys saying that they just want to wait for the book separately, but who knows how long that's going to be. Yeah, but I also think that when when you say, I'm just going to wait for the book separately, and then you start looking at it, and then you go, oh, well, the books are going to... I mean, how much do you reckon the books are going to be separately? So, you do get the full Age of Darkness 
sort of hardback book, which is the the core rulebook essentially. Mm-hmm. Now, the core rulebook, I was trying to find out what they actually charge for the um, sort of the full rulebook for 40k mm. and i'm gonna guess and say it was around the hundred dollar mark i was trying to remember I, and i can't I'm, I'm actually just digging through their like the website um in terms of looking for that rulebook mm. is actually quite hard yeah i'm um really struggling to find it on their even like i'm going to gaming accessories and i can't find where you buy the rulebook solo so yeah it's it's been really awkward trying to find a sort of a good comparison point now the I, th- I think you could easily say that it's, the book itself is going to be between eighty and a hundred dollars. Well, the two hardback army books that you can buy mm-hmm. are one hundred and twenty dollars each. Yeah. Okay. So, so I think that's. I don't think it'll be one hundred and twenty. I think you'll probably find them coming in at about ninety. I think it's ninety eight dollars. I'm so gonna. I'm gonna say the forty k rule book is ninety eight bucks. So I guess what I'm doing is I'm trying to go from that four hundred and seventy five dollars. We're looking at about a hundred dollars. Is that book? Yeah, that's probably my guess. Now, we can kind of make some educated guesses based on the rest of what they've previewed today for sale as to what the rest of the box might be valued at independently. Can I just try and finish this point? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) My point was we've got a lot of um, players who have been active in 30K for, you know, however long saying that they're going to wait and they're just going to get the books. So with the... And because, you know, there's a big difference between $100 for a book and $475 for the box. Very true. But I wonder how many of them are going to look at what's actually in the box and go, oh, new toy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I do think that, um, sorry, I stand corrected. The rule book, the core Warhammer 40,000 rule, $110. Mm. So still in that ballpark. Yeah. I think that's what it'll be. Um, I do think that there'll be a percentage of players. And I think when we talked about talk to Sam later in the episode, you'll kind of hear his thoughts. But basically, you'll have looked at it and gone, I don't need any more basic marine bodies. I just want the rule book. You maybe want the Spartan and the Contemptor, but you don't necessarily want all of it. Mm. And it's um, it's going to be interesting to see people's reactions when they actually see the sprues and see what it's like in person. Mm. So we're 475. We're going to call that core rule book as we'll, we'll match the 40k rule book and say it's 110 yeah now they've previewed today the mark 3 and the mark 4 tactical squad boxes now these boxes were 84 dollars for 10 mm-hmm. they're now 20 models how much do you think they should be or how much do you expect games workshop will charge for them given they've doubled the box size well they've doubled the box size but they're reducing they're reducing, you know, some of the costs that are associated. There's no box. There's no, yeah. you know, so uh, if it was me, I'd be looking at 150 160 max. $135. Oh, okay, cool. So that's actually a fairly significant saving yeah. in, in compared to like Lachlan was buying the Mark 3s and Mark 4s to convert for Chaos Space Marines. Mm. So to be able to pick up a box of 20 for less than the price of two old ones is a surprise. And that's significantly less. Mm-hmm. You know, so well, one seventy was what I like. They were eighty four dollars. Yeah, so you know, I'm kind of going. Well, when you get rid of the extra packaging and but it's also that. Games Workshop and the cynical part of me when yeah, this will that's be what I thought it's going to be eighty hundred and ninety dollar box. I was expecting it to be just shy of two hundred. Yeah, but one hundred and thirty five yeah. doesn't actually feel bad for the quantity of models in there. So I mean, it's all relative. Isn't it is, it? but it, certainly our, my expectation was oh, okay. 
that's unusual. Yeah. So the new box that you bought... That feels like an error. <laughs> I am on the Australian website. I've checked. Mm. Um, so you're basically paying $270 for the 40 Marines you get in the Age of Darkness box because you do get 40. Mm-hmm. Now, they aren't the Mark Three or the Mark Four; They're the new Mark Six. But I'm going to make a jump and say they're probably going to be priced the same way because that makes a lot of sense in terms of sprues and everything. Yeah. We're already at $380 out of four seventy-five. Mm. Now... So we just need $90. The old Contemptor, the Monopose one that came with Betrayal at Calf, mm-hmm. was $98 before they discontinued him. Now, if I pop him into account for the plastic Contemptor that is in the box already... Mm-hmm. We're already at four seventy eight. We've still got two characters. Now they're small sprue characters, which GW's only three dollars a head. Sorry, I did the math <laughs> in my head when I was working it out. They're, they're two small sprue characters, mm-hmm. so they're not the big box set ones. They're they're, they're not the half size sprue. They're the quarter size sprues. They've just re released Azek Araman, who's on the same size sprue. He was fifty two dollars fifty. So what's that? One hundred and five dollars. I stopped counting. Fifty two fifty times two is one hundred and five. Yeah. Yes, it is. So, for the two characters, we have to add 105. Mm -hmm. We now have to add the Spartan. Now, the Spartan is a brand new tank. Mm. The closest one that they... And it's a big bugger. It is massive. Um, I'll talk about the build for that in a second. But the Kratos Heavy Assault tank, I've seen photos of it compared to the Spartan. And they're roughly the same size. Now, is that a good way to work out prices? Do they charge roughly the same? Well, I've for... looked at the sprues, mm. and the Spartan comes on six sprues. Mm-hmm. The Kratos Heavy Assault Tank only comes on five. Okay. But I'm assuming that you'll get, like when they sell the Spartan separately, I think they'll price it roughly the same place. Okay. But I'm going to be conservative. The Kratos yep. goes for 210 I'm going to say they'll sell the Spartan for 180 mm-hmm. I think that's a fair guess. I think it'll be cheaper because there'll be a volume of them in the community. Mm. So I think if they're sensible, it'll be less. So we're at $763, and I've still got to add 10 Terminators to that. Now... Those 10 Terminators aren't really going to push it up that much. Oh, no, they are. Are they? Significantly so. So the when you could buy... I don't know whether we can buy them at the moment. Let's try. No, you can't buy the Cataphracti anymore. Um, but if I just put in Terminator to Games Workshop... The Terminator Assault Squad, because um, this box actually builds either Terminator with like guns yeah. or the Assault Squad. It kind of builds both. Yeah. A five-man plastic Terminator box from 3rd edition goes for $80. A Termi- Grey Knight Terminator Squad's $80. Blightlord Terminator's 98 Deathwing, 75 so you're around the eighty dollar mark. Yeah, I thought it was about eighty bucks, but, but I you've was got ten of them, not five. Eighty bucks for ten, not eighty dollars for the five. So yeah. So we're going to add another hundred and sixty dollars to that pool, yeah. which means we've got nine hundred and twenty-three dollars retail. And even if you were conservative and rounded that down to nine hundred. Well, the other, we, believe it or not, we actually have to add more to it mm. because they've turned around and um, they haven't sold these for ages. But you can now buy the templates. Which you get a set of... Now, most veterans will have a set of these templates kicking around somewhere. At least one. But... Maybe ten. In the interest of making sure we cover everything, the templates are $14. Yeah. And the scatter dice is $1. Because you know, like, everyone have D6s. I'm going to take that out of the equation. But if you haven't played Heresy before, or you haven't played before 8th edition 40k, you're not going to have a scatter dice. So we're going to add $15 to that pool. $938. It's basically 50% off. 
How did you go 925 at 15 to get 938? 25 plus 15 is 38? No. If you have a 5 on the so end 20, and you 20, add a 5 to it, 20, that should be a 0. 923 was what it was. Okay, right. <laughs> that cannot be right. I can't do maths if you don't give me the right numbers. <laughs> now, okay? <laughs> so literally it's $463 off. Assuming those numbers are reasonably accurate. Now, there's a transfer sheet in there that's going to be unique. It's basically 50% off is yeah. my guess. So that is huge. It's it's online with Indominus in terms of value. Mm-hmm. It's just Indominus was two eighty five, I think yeah. it was. So that I think that's the kind of the disconnect is you have to consider On the upside, heresy players have had a really long time to save up for this. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> And Silver lining, people. And I will say the two reference sheets you get in the box are really good. They're some of the best reference sheets I've seen in this sort of box before. Um, the rule book is fantastic. It's colour. It feels nice and expensive. It's hardbacked and embossed and so on. Um, it's it's certainly a premium product. Mm-hmm. In terms of the models, um, we'll cover what's in the box in terms of how they've built so far in a second. But Age of Darkness, 475. The Liber Hereticus and the Liber Astartes, which are the Loyalist and Trader books respectively, 120 each. Given the price point of the hardback rule book, they're on par with that. Yeah. And I was talking to someone, someone going, Oh, they're only six to ten dollars to print. And I went, No. Oh look, let's just not even go there. It's it, it's not six to ten dollars to print and also there's all of the other stuff that goes with it. Yeah. So like it doesn't write itself, I it doesn't illustrate itself, it doesn't I definitely pack think itself, it doesn't ship itself, none of that it's, stuff. It's worth pointing out though, a lot of people will be going, Oh, it's like a codex where half of it's just fluff. There's very little fluff in those Libra books. Yeah. It was it was it starts on page one and by page three you're already in data sheets. And it's um so well, you know, I said it doesn't illustrate itself. There and there are some beautiful pictures in there, yeah. um, but it's not. Look, there have certainly been times where Games Workshop have put out a book, and you think, well, if you get rid of all the pretty pictures, you're actually what are you paying for? Yeah. And I get that some people get joy from those pretty pictures, but a lot of the pictures that are in there. So yes, you've got the pretty pictures, but you've got the um, you know the different ways that you can paint the different factions and and all the squad marking stuff and yeah. even that's only a double page spread per it legion. is but it's actually useful yeah you know it's useful to it's see. not just fancy art it's yeah here's how you mark out your tactical squads here's how your special like your veteran sergeants the crests and that sort of stuff yeah so it's it's not fluffy art no but i i think you know they could have shaved five bucks or ten bucks off but reality is you're buying one book if you play one legion the best thing is that each of these books, whether you buy the traitor or the loyal, the first half of the book is the entire army list. So it doesn't matter whether, you know, you're not buying an army list book and then a legion book. You're just buying one book. One book, yeah. Um, obviously, if you play one of each, you're going to double up on some information books. there, but it is what it is. Now, we've already talked about the Kratos heavy assault tank. I don't know. Have you actually seen the Kratos? I think we might have seen it. You know, in passing, but I don't know. You've actually seen a what it, what the tank is, have you? Look, I'd like to be able to answer that, but until you show it to me, I've got no idea. That bit of being you've probably just heard is my monitor connecting. Uh, so the Kratos heavy assault tank is a new model. Um, they basically made it from scratch. It's yeah. never been mentioned before. It's um, 
uh, a new edition. Um, and originally, when we saw it in the video, everyone assumed it was the Sakarian rebuild mm. because it has a lot of the Sakarian cues. It has the two sort of wedge-shaped tracks that sort of separate from the hull. It's got the sponsons. It's got the big sort of dome turret. But this one actually mounts a couple of different weapons on either side under the turret. It also mounts a coaxial weapon. And it is, when you look at it like that, you, you don't really get a sense of scale. Mm. And then you look at it with the scale shot they put on the website and you put the same sort of infantry dude beside the Spartan and you go, okay, this tank's pretty close to the size of a Spartan. Mm. So, I mean, the the measurement says 190 mil base and 90 mil high. Now, I reckon the Spartan's a little bit longer than that yeah, and a little bit taller than that, yeah. but it's pretty close. Um. And like Games Workshop have been doing of late, this box actually comes with all three turret weapons mm. for you. So you're not buying a Kratos Melter variant and a Kratos yeah. Battle Cannon variant and a Kratos Volkite variant. It even comes with all the sponsored weapons as well. It comes with its own dozer blade, all of its upgrade frames. It is it is a complete thing. We can build it however you want to build it. And I really like that. Yeah. And I, I like it for you know a whole heap of reasons. One is that people feel like they're getting extra value. Yeah. But you're getting that extra value right now. So you get to build what you want. Like you've got some gamers who procrastinate for a really, really long time. Go away. I wasn't necessarily looking the at you. The face on you was 100% looking at me. Well, that's because we're having a conversation. <laughs> so um, I'm not directing anything towards you. Blah, blah, and blah. And the amount bullshit, of bullshit, bullshit. boxes that are still... You know, nuance sprue in the dungeon. Um, Go back to gluing my Spartan while you have this. So, <laughs> I do have a point, honestly. Mm-hmm. So, but then when you want to build it, you want to build it now. Yeah. I don't want to have to mail order something and have to wait for it to come. Because they don't stock a different turret yeah. at your Warhammer store. So, you got to mail order that. And... Do you really want to wait two weeks to mail order it? Because if you do, I guarantee... By the time it gets here, you've, it's going to go in the pile. So, yeah. And then I'll stick it in my bits box and fingers crossed in two months, two years' time when I get up the desire to build it again, fingers crossed I can find the damn thing. <laughs> to be fair, that's exactly what's happening with some of this heresy stuff I'm building at the moment. Hmm. Um, it is a cool-looking tank. They've also given us the new Demos pattern Rhino. Now, at one point, I th- this was a Forge World conversion originally for the Plastic Rhino. Yeah. And at one point, I thought they were going to be really cheeky and just give us the current Rhino spruce from 3rd edition 40K with, with an the, extra sprue chucked yeah. in to kind of change it. Um, but when you go down onto the website and look at the sprues, you can see it is actually a completely brand new kit. Like, there's no repeat sprue there whatsoever. It's a brand new model, which is really good. It is $78. The existing Rhino is 55. Yeah. Now, the interesting part about it is the existing Rhino is three sprues. This is three sprues. Um, and it comes with the option to build it into a Razorback. Now, the Razorback isn't a heresy vehicle. Mm-hmm. It's a 40K vehicle exclusively. But it also, the modern 40K one, doesn't give you all the weapon options in the box. Mm. Whereas this Rhino comes with the upgrade sprue. Now, the upgrade sprue they show you is actually the same upgrade sprue that comes with the Kratos. It's also the same upgrade sprue that came with the Spartan. Mm. Because there's a whole bunch of stuff on this sprue 
that you can't use on the Rhino. Yeah. But there's also a whole bunch of it that I've built for the Spartan, that, and there's a bunch I can't use as well. Yeah. So as you buy two or three of these vehicle sprues, you're going to have... Like, I was there going, oh, I can only build three different options for my Spartan unless I want to muck around with magnets and little yeah. fiddly stuff. But then I realized... I'm going to have a lot of these sprues if I buy even two or... Th- like, if I buy three of these vehicles, I'm going to be able to build all the different variants of tops and missile launchers and weapons. And when you get to this, if they're all painted the same Legion, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Hell, in theory, you could just spray the tu- the spot, like the turret black and make it a feature on all your different tanks and <laughs> use it across all your Legions. Um, it is a really detailed sprue. There's a crewman. There's a bunch of different heads. There's the Havoc Launcher, a Dozer Blade, um, Smoke Launchers, Hunter Killer Missiles, Storm Bolters, Combi Weapons. There's even some there that I haven't figured out where they, which vehicles they feature on. <laughs> um, so that is one model that, in theory, has gone up, what, $23? $23, yeah. But it's a way... Like, the old Rhino was... I mean, it's showing its age. It's mm-hmm. from about 1999. 1998, something like that, and it's the when you look at the like the the depth of the frame in terms of the, the the way the technology has evolved and changed, I suppose is the best way I can describe it, because it's chalk and cheese when you actually get right down to it. I'm going to show you the sprues for the Rhino Razorback now, and obviously all the prices I'm talking about are in Australian dollars. Yeah, so if you're falling off your chair because oh my god, how expensive is this? So yeah. yeah, so that's the that's course. the hull sprue for the current Rhino. Yep. And then the same sprue for yeah, you know the the technology has come a long way, <laughs> like and not a little bit, a lot. It's a lot more detailed, isn't it? And the tracks will fit nicer, yeah. and you know, there's the upgrade sprue for the current Space Marine Rhino. Six things on it. Um, yeah, it basically has a missile launcher, a radar dish, smoke launchers, a combi bolter, and a couple of hatches, and that's it. Mm. Um, so you are you are obviously paying for that. But I think this kit, if this kit goes together like the Spartan has, it's going to be a piece of cake in terms of fit. Really? A piece of cake? No, no, no. I didn't say to build. <laughs> I said to fit. The biggest complaint the old Rhino and the old Land Raider have is that they've got this big H-shaped... Um, a hull piece that clicks on the top and because it's this big wide H shape it warps so to actually get it to fit evenly across the way the entire thing goes together I've got five Land Raiders and not one of them is 100% square because of the, the, the warping whereas the Spartan and I'm assuming it's going to be the same with this Rhino doesn't have that because it doesn't build the same way which means that you're actually going to get something that you're not going to have a, a, like the um, I've got a Rhino that because the entire thing's not square the tracks don't sit flat so you've got like the whole thing instead of being the two tracks you've got it twisted so it tips on the table it's fine it's just going over terrain (laughs) it bothers me no end i haven't been and because it's plastic glue you can't fix it so um i really like this rhino i think and again looking at this design cues on the sprue that make me think that we are going to see a heresy predator a heresy whirlwind and some of the other options because the sprue leaves spaces for those swaps. Like they've been very cleverly designed that by throwing one extra sprue in, you'll get a Legion Whirlwind or a Legion yeah. Predator. Yeah. We're going to move on to the special and heavy weapon sprues now. They are $74 each. This is probably the biggest 
bugbear I've heard from a lot of players is you are paying $74 for a bunch of weapons brews. Yeah. And I kind of get it. I also kind of don't. Because I think if they sold these weapons brews for 40k, they'd sell a lot of them. Yeah. Now, the special weapons upgrade set comes with six different special weapons and there are 10 of each. So you're getting 10 plasma guns, 10 Volkite chargers, 10 Volkite calibers, 10 plasma guns, 10 melter guns, 10 flamers, and 10 rotor cannons. Mm. Um, and the way Heresy works with all these weapons is you don't put them like one in a squad. You need them in fives at yeah. least. So you have a squad of five all with one of these guns. So putting 10 of each into a box and then giving you 60 weapons means you can, in theory, do six squads. You could buy one of these and then all 40 of your Marines in your Age of Darkness box can be armed with these guns. Admittedly, I don't think you can legally do that because mm. you need certain tro troop choices. But it does mean that you can swap weapons over really easily into your army out of a box. But it is expensive. It is expensive. And so they're about, and I can't do the maths off the top of my head, but what, roughly a $1.30-ish per weapon. Yeah. But that, it's not a $1.30 if you only want five of them or you only want ten of them. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden it's now $7.40. I, I can see, like Lachlan and I were talking about this box just before we started recording. Um, and he was going, oh, I really like the rotor cannons. Because in 40k, you need the rotor cannons for his Havocs and for his um, chain guns and that sort of stuff. Yeah. And they're a really easy way of accessing those weapons. I looked at it and went, yeah, the Volkites I can put on my Terra squads. Um, like all those sorts of things. So we were looking at it going $74. A lot of places will do discount. Where I work is doing an in-store discount at the moment for customers for the month of June. So being able to go in and go, cool, I'm going to spend... 65 $60 in a lot of cases for this box and then splitting it with a friend feels like where you'll end up going because like Lachlan's going I really love the flamers because they're the, they're the rogue trader era flamers I, my brain went I don't care about them go for it you can have the flamers and he wants the rotor cannons that's fine as well but I want the Volkites and then if he takes five plasma and five melter and I do the same we've split the box in half he gets everything he want I get everything I want and if later on he goes, oh, I need more plasma guns, then he can give me the melter guns. And that works well if you've got a friend that you have similar taste enough that you're playing the same game system, but different enough taste that you're I happy want to this split them. You want that, and otherwise you're trying to go, okay, well, does anybody want to buy five melter guns? I think you'll see a lot of that on the trading sites yeah. where someone will buy this for the rotor cannons or the Volkites, and then go, cool, who wants ten plasma guns for ten bucks? And try and recover some of the yeah. cash. Um, the heavy weapons set is a little bit more interesting because it's the same price, $74. You only get 20 weapons. Ooh. But you get the arms that are required to build those 20 weapons. That's helpful. Now, the first one they've released is the missile launcher and the heavy bolter. And I think they've done that because the Mark Three. And the four, I know the four do, I don't know about the three, have the heavy bolter and the missile launcher on sprue. Whereas the Mark VI don't. So, and these these specifically say they're for upgrading your Mark VI squad. So I don't even know if these will fit the Mark yeah, threes and fours. Three, yeah. So you're getting, um, from the looks of it, you're getting one sprue of arms and then two sprues of weapons is the way it looks to me. 
um, because you're getting five missile launchers and five heavy bolters per sprue. Mm-hmm. But it looks like the arms, I reckon it's only one sprue of arms. Yeah. And again, like I looked at this and went, oh, missile launchers and heavy bolters. Eh, uh, I'll wait. I don't need these. When they come out with the LAS cannons and the plasma cannons and some of the bigger, more exotic weapons, that's when I think they'll sell more of them. Um, and I'm sure there'll be people, be people who buy this box. Yeah, most definitely. But I kind of looked at it for me and went, mm, oh, wait, show yeah. me the other boxes. Yeah. Um, both of these boxes feel like if you'd knocked them down to 65 bucks instead of 75, you'd sell a lot. I think they're probably 10 bucks too expensive for me. Just $10? Yep. Hmm. How much do you think they should be? For the 20 weapons that come with arms? Yep. $48. Really? Mm. I suppose that's still over $2 a model. Yep. Whereas at the moment, what is it? Like $3.50 a model? Just over $3.50, yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's actually a really good way of working it out because you obviously, um, if you buy 20 Marines at $135 and then have to buy another $75, like you're now paying $200 for 20 models, yeah. which is $10 a Marine. And that's that's for me how I look yeah. at it and go, well, you know, my $8 Marines have now gone up to $10 Marines and how many Marines do I need? Yeah, with heresy, it's a lot. Yeah. The answer to that is mm, you're probably going to end up with at least 50 or 60. And I understand that you don't need to upgrade their weapons and their arms. But you're asking me, would I upgrade 50 or 60? Yeah. You'll, you'll certainly be upgrading at least a percentage of them. And I don't know, just, you know, uh, that extra to take them from $8 each up to $10 each. Well, up to $11.50 each, you know. It's a big jump. It is, yeah. Now, they've actually released a couple of other things I wanted to show you here, which I haven't seen. The first one they've released is the Carta Galactica, the Imperium of Man. Okay. $47, mm-hmm. and it's a poster map of the Imperium during the Horus Heresy. It is bigger than A1. It's okay. actually a meter by just under a meter, so it's big. Yeah. And it's described as heavyweight poster paper. Right. Who knows what that means? And how are they getting that out? It's going to be folded? I would, I would hope it's rolled. If it's folded, you've just ruined a $47 bloody thing. Um, limited in number, epic piece of artwork. Doesn't tell me if it's rolled or folded. That is expensive. Yeah, if I'm spending $47, I'm not spending it on that. No. Not with everything else here. Moving on. Yeah, i got nothing else to say. <laughs> They've also given us bundles. So, you, you I'm just thinking about the expensive bit of paper. That yeah. Then when you do get it, what are you going to do with it? Well, it's, it goes on, it's a meter, almost a meter square. It's not little. No. So, you've got to find a piece of wall that's big enough. Now, I can put that in the dungeon, but it's going to get ruined because it's going to be on a wall that's getting walked past and brushed against. And yeah. So, are people going to want to put it up because they don't want it to get damaged and blue tack in the corners and that kind of stuff? Or is it going to be put in a tube somewhere and left yeah. or folded up somewhere? And these are the kinds of things that get me because people go, oh, I'll buy that for such and such for a birthday present or for a Christmas present because I know that he likes... But yeah. I don't know what models he's got, so I'll get like ancillary products. Yeah. That, um, now, 
I'm assuming at some point you're going to show me a bookmark that costs... Yeah, the I'll show you the bookmark. <laughs> and those things kill me because I think I would rather... Give me I'd a fifty dollar voucher. That's it, and then I can go and buy the model that I want. Or yeah. I'd rather have a wish list that says I need these things, and then take it into the store. And I know that the um, Warhammer stores do that, but how do we get it so that when people are buying gifts, they're not wasting it on? I do stuff? love. Like I remember going back to Rain Square, and one of my first experiences in Rain Square, which I know I was, well, how was I? How old was 18 I? Eighteen or nineteen? Seventeen. You were 18. seventeen, yeah. So I was very young and I was working in a very dodgy hardware store at the time and going in there and there was a mum buying, she wanted to buy a tape measure for her son because her son played and she didn't know what to buy him so she'd get him a tape measure and glue and she picked up the tape measure that was $50. Now I'm old so when I was 17 that was a long time ago. So $50 for a tape measure and I went over to her and like I had a tape measure hanging on my hip. This is $2 like an inch is an inch. You don't need to spend fifty dollars. Like, it just kills me when people waste money on stuff that there's something more tangible that they can get. And if you love a poster that's forty seven dollars and it's a meter by a meter, then I'm sorry, you if and you I love will it, not be friends. If you no, love it, that's it. Buy, put it on your wall. That's Go it. for it. If you it. love it and it brings you joy, definitely. But put it on your list. And yeah, it's just. I see a lot of it these days when mums come in where I work, yeah. and the kid has. They've definitely come a long way in the last 20 years because she didn't come in with a scrawled 12-year-old's handwriting on a piece of paper. She came with printouts and screenshots and stuff going, do you have these things? This is my budget. Fill it with these things until you hit that budget. And yeah. I went, easy. That one, that one, that one, that one. There you go. Yeah. And she's gone, will he, will he need more than one of these? And I went, maybe, but that's why I've picked four different things for you. Yeah. Um. Now, they've given us a bundle on the Games Workshop website. Hang on. First of all, you've got to show me the, the bookmark. No, no. We're going to get to that in a minute. Oh, okay. A bundle. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to disconnect this so you can't see the price. Okay. <laughs> the bundle, there's a Loyalist and a Traitor bundle. They're exactly the same other than the book. Yeah. You get the Age of Darkness box set. You get the relevant Legion book. Mm-hmm. You get one Rhino, one Kratos one set of each of the special weapons and the heavy weapons. Okay. Now, all up, uh, what are we... I'm just quickly trying to do the math on that, going, that's going to be... Plus 78, plus 74, plus 74, plus 120. So it's $1,031 retail. I I was just doing it. I was like, it's just over $1,000, I think. How much do you think Games Workshop have put it on the website for? I'm hoping they've put it on the website for under 800. And our survey says, once the monitor picks back up, the screen doesn't want to work. Zero discount. Oh, wow. It is a one click bundle. Oh, so it's just a lazy person. It's a lazy person's way of just ordering one of everything. How ridiculous is that? Because I think, I don't know if people will use it, I guarantee people will use it. And I also know Give that... Them 50 bucks off at least. Well, I also know that there are other bonuses they're giving you if you pre-order on their website over certain values, like you're getting card, like free cards and tokens and things. But even so, if you're going to spend a thousand bucks on that... That's it. Just knock it down to 999. It, exactly. Go 999 on it so that there's at least something. Yeah. But I also feel like they'd cop a lot of flack if they there did that. There might be a dollar off. No, there's not. I added it up. Oh, okay. I thought you said one, 1032. No. 
Um, I also know they'll cop a little bit of flack if they did do that because it's like, oh, you're giving me no discount at all. Like this way, they're not being disingenuous. They're just going, well, here's your convenience button. Buy everything. Then it should just be called a convenience button. <laughs> Give me one of everything. Yeah. Um, so the other thing they've done is take all the Forge World dice and move them over to standard main range 40K. Or main no. range Games Workshop website, not 40K. So these are actually Forge World dice that were released on the Forge World website. They're now on the Games Workshop website. Is it Games Workshop or Warhammer? Games Workshop. The so website is still gamesworkshop.com. So it's not under any of the, those tabs? It's under the Horus Heresy tab at the moment. Right. I say at the moment because I wouldn't put it past them to put them straight into all the other legions yeah. and, and that sort of stuff. But anyway, these dice are actually cheaper now than they were on the Forge World site. Cool. It's only by a few dollars, but they're cheaper. Mm-hmm. And I remember you and I going through these at one point when we were talking about custom yeah. dice going, God, please don't buy those ones. Those ones are fine. Don't buy those ones. Because yeah. as soon as I saw the now, Purple Empress Children, I just went, oh, it's the same bloody dice. They're I, horrible. I mean, we make fun of my eyesight. It's terrible. And But no, you can read way. the Dark Angels ones, can't you? I was you? just about to say, the Dark Angels ones, and I you're can three feet from the screen, Empress four feet from the screen. Children ones, they're just a pink blob. Um, Iron Warriors are beautiful. Imperial Fists, lovely. Uh, Space Wolves, nope, mm. that's not working for me. White Scars, beautiful. Uh, is that Night Lords? Nope, they're terrible. Blood Angels, terrible. Iron Hands, beautiful. Uh, Death Guard, yeah, they're doable. Word Bearers, they're not as good as some of the others, but yep. Um, Sons of Horus, oh, heck no. Thousand Sons, beautiful. World Eaters, mm, yep, can read those. And Ultramarines, yep. Last three. Last three. Uh, Salamanders, oh, do you know what that orange is? It's not good, it's is not it? not good. Um, it's yellow as well. Oh, is it? <laughs> it's <Okay>. not. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I know that Lachlan loves Salamanders, so I don't like saying anything against them. But, yeah, no, they're not good. Raven Guard, really good. Alpha Legion, they're readable. Yeah. And that's the, that's the problem is there's so many of these. Like, I looked at the Night Lords ones and went, hey, Night Lords die. Oh, they, they're terrible. I've got good eyes and they suck. Yeah. I mean, not as bad as the Blood Angels. <laughs> yeah. Look, there are definitely some dice here that people will buy and they're going to be awkward to read. Yeah. Um, because there's also the variations in the way these are produced. So if you get a set of dice that are the color, sh- the, yeah. the color scheme, because they're all, they're generally not all marble dice. Yeah. Like the Imperial Fist ones will they're be perfect beautiful. every time because yep. they're a solid yellow with black. Yep. Same with the um, the Raven Guard, which are just black with white. Oh, no, they're marbled. Yeah. Wow. Is it only the Imperial Fists that aren't marbled? No, you've yeah. got the white scars as well. They're a white marble. Yes, but, but it's they're white, the white with ye- marble with, with red. red. Yeah. And whereas the other one, and uh, same with the Iron Warriors, you've got the white marble. And I find that that white marble is... It's okay. Yeah. Whereas when you've got that some purple like, marble with gold tint, yeah, it's just or just even um, just scroll down again for me. Like where you've got the iron hands, if you get some of the white, like the white marble with the white pips, yeah, you're gonna struggle. Do you know what actually irks me more than anything is these Empress? I love Empress children. They were the army I built for forty k before heresy was a thing. Yeah, they couldn't be bothered. To, to that. modify the logo enough to be able to lift it from the bottom. Yeah. It actually really 
grates on me that there's this half of the dice on the six side. It's just a big empty purple space. Yeah, they, yeah. That actually bothers me and I don't know why. Oh, I know why. It should be centred. It needs to be lifted it up. It looks like a Cheshire cat grin. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> so they just that needed to be the two and have the two eyes above it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the, they are cool dice. Some of them are going to be difficult to read. Um, I mean... Up close, I think the Alpha Legion are actually okay. I re- I mean, I really like the Alpha Legion dice. Yeah. But I think that they're ones that you're going to potentially struggle with. The other, You know the other thing that bothers me about these? Mm. It's 19 six-sided dice and one scatter dice. Uh, and I'm going, surely... Yeah, but that fits nicely in a 20 box. Yeah. So at that point, I would have gone 24 dice and then one scatter for a 25 yeah. and go the bigger box and put the price up. Because they're selling sets of these dice in like for like for sixty dollars at the moment for the forty k game. Yeah. So, I don't know. I do like some of those dice, but make sure if you're playing some of the more awkward dice ones. How many do you need? A lot. And that's what I was just thinking. Forty. So, yeah. Fifty. That'd probably be my benchmark somewhere in that space. Because if you have a twenty man tactical squad rapid firing, that's forty shots. Yeah. Minimum. If you have a 10-man squad with rotor cannons or you know, Volkites, you're going to need a lot of dice. And 30, like I'm just thinking, okay, so you've got to buy two sets, but then you've got two scattered dice. And yeah, which you, you don't, don't need. two scattered dice. So you've upped it from 19 dice to... 36 to dice. 38 dice. Oh, yeah. Good maths. Yeah. Um, that's still not enough. No, you're still a few short. Yeah. 40 would be the, the I think, probably the... Like, 30 will get you away with most things. Mm. But, like, when I go to events... It's not unusual to have a 20-man tactical squad, is it? Well, no, I'm building them now because that's kind of the core of the army. But I take between 40 and 60 dice when I go to play. Whether it's at an event or at someone's house, it's around that sort of number. Well, we sell them in sets of... 16. Yeah. But we we only charge $15 for 16 dice, not $50 for 19 dice. People come and they'll buy four sets from me. Yeah, but they're getting like what's that? Sixty four dice yeah. for the price of nineteen dice. Yeah. Anyway, I wasn't thinking about the price. I was just thinking about the how many they use. People are using. Yeah, yeah. and so two minimum is what they tend to get from me. So it's thirty two dice straight away. Hmm. We then also have Games Workshop porting over all of the out of production transfer sheets from Forge World straight to Games Workshop, and again, these are cheaper than they were. Not by, again, it's probably only $10 difference. So, the, I know that it's a silly thing, but when you're talking about porting over from Forge World to Games Workshop, you're talking about porting over from Forge World to the Heresy tab in the Games Workshop website. Well, it's the same thing because Forge World don't just have a... Like, they have 40K, they have Age of Sigma, they have Heresy. So, it's the same thing. Oh, that's what I'm saying. They're moving it from one it website to the other. It used to be. So... So many changes. <laughs> So these are one-for-one one reprints of the original ones yeah. that they had on the Forge World website. There's, I've had a quick look at the ones I do have. Like, I've got the World Eaters ones and I've got the uh, Word Bearers ones. But they're the same. And they're exactly the same. Yeah. So they're a little bit cheaper. Um, seven and available. And available. You know, that's a win. 700 transfers a sheet. And I've heard people go, oh, I'll buy two or three of those for my Legion. Oh, you, you need one. Probably just pick one. One. Because you know what? Occasionally you'll buy a second because you might be doing an armoured company and you need more of the big ones. Or you might lose it. But 
one will be enough for the average gamer. Yeah. By a considerable margin. Yeah, I mean, the number of times that I see it on, you know, the different gaming groups, somebody going, oh, is anybody getting transfers for salamanders or, you know, whatever. And then everyone comes out of the woodwork and go, oh, I've got, you know, I've got these you can have. Or um, so obviously buy them if you're playing that, you know, but you definitely don't need multiples of them to get started. Or to finish. Ever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The one good thing I will also mention about these sheets is they um, they have sheets that are designed to be the right size to fit the Space Marine banners, the plastic banners. Yeah. So if you don't want to try and freehand stuff, there is literally a transfer that fits exactly on the banner and you can leave it and walk away. Which is so nice because then you don't have the bit that's shiny and the bit that's not and yeah. trying to work out how you... yeah. Um, I'll show you, like, I've, I've had this one in the house before, the Word Bearers one. Mm-hmm. I'll see if I can get it to zoom. Oh, this is most is going to zoom. Like, you get these awesome sort of demonic flames and yeah. skulls. You get all this lovely script that you can put on their shoulder pads, all their legion markings, all the specialist squad markings, different runes and demonic circles and stuff for the vehicles as well. Like, those, the big ones down the bottom of the um, of the sheet are designed to fit exactly on a Land Raider door. Yeah. So there's lots of that sort of stuff on all of these sheets where they just give you a whole bunch of different cool Legion-related images that fit perfectly on certain surfaces. Even like we were talking about, um, Lachlan and I, the Night Lords um, have an artwork, piece of artwork of the Spartan in the book. And on the doors, it has the Grim Reaper with yeah, wings, nice. paint quote unquote painted on. Yeah. And he was looking at me, going, "You're going to try and do that?" I'm going, "Yeah, I am." And then I saw the transfer sheet and went, "Oh, I know how they did that now." <laughs> um, and don't get me wrong, it won't be easy because you have to cross over multiple panels and cut it and muck around with it. But at least now I'm going, "Oh, it's not impossible." Mm. Uh, like I don't have to be a full blown, like spend weeks on a piece of artwork that's on a 28 mil model. And that's it. So this is $55, which is, that's not cheap. No. So, but it comes, like, we're old. <laughs> Time is a factor. It is. And eyesight's a factor. But also, it gets to a point where you want pretty things. Mm. And... I think know? all of these sheets, regardless of which legion you use, all of these sheets are really good. And I'm hoping it means they're going to bring back the other ones that they discontinued over the years. Now, I'm going to show you the bookmark. Mm. The $26 bookmark. It comes in a box. It comes in a box. It's tiny. It's That's a paperback. Is that metal? It is metal. And from the looks so of it, it's like... it's bend. It's, no, no. It looks like it's an enamel eye, like the Horace eye. Yeah. And then I think this bit down here will be... Like, looking at that, I think it's leather. Oh, okay. So, yes, it is cheaper to put a $20 note into your book as a bookmark. I actually think it's not only cheaper, I think it's it's more functional. It's probably going to be bigger, yeah. Yeah. It's not about size. I mean, I will sometimes use a a piece of ribbon or whatever, so you just need something to mark the page. But the issue is if you've got that big eye hanging out the top of the book... It's potentially going to bend the bookmark or fall out of your book. And well, the only thing I had thought, and they don't show it anywhere here, if that eye goes over the page and then the leather goes on the inside of, like, 
it wraps over the top of a page. Then you're going to damage the page that it touches. Yeah, exactly. Because it's no metal. no way you would use something like that. No, at which point it becomes, uh, look what I've got in a fancy box. Yeah. I mean, you <laughs> you were actually perspiring because I was drinking a coffee while reading the um, one of the books the other night. So, you know, <laughs> my gosh, you might get coffee near my book. There's no way you're going to use a bookmark that might damage a page. No, that is very true. <laughs> Um, the last parts of this are obviously the Cthonia's Reckoning hardback book, which is based on the new the trailer and the vi- the new models and the new characters, and Hoop- uh, Lupercal's War, which is the Horus Heresy anthology paperback. Um, that's actually really affordable. Well, I'm just wondering, um, it's 21 short stories. Oh, okay. So it's not, uh, like, if that was the, tr- the first three books, mm. that'd be great, but... Um, or just a story. To be fair, the book. The, so looking at the list of it's twenty-one stories. It's um, a lot of big name authors. Uh, the Last Church, Savage Weapons, Imperfect, The Iron Within, Black Oculus, Brotherhood of the Moon, Bjorn Lone Wolf, Bloodhowl, Champion of Oaths, Children of Night, Child of Night, Lost Sons, Immortal Duty, After Deshaya, The Laurel of Defiance, Demonology, Rebirth, Little Horus, Child of Chaos, Artifacts, The Grey Raven, and Liar's Dew. I think what they've done is they've gone, here's an anthology book. Here's the 18 legions, mm. one little short story for each. Yeah. And then they've picked name like um it wouldn't surprise me if Bloodhowl is another Space Wolf one because Bjorn Lone Wolf is. Mm. And like um The Last Church is about the Emperor. Um it wouldn't surprise me if they've kind of been very careful in what the 21 they've picked so that there's one of each legion. There's like I said The Last Church is about the Emperor. Um, and then the other couple will be named, like Little Horus um, is about one of the Sons of Horus characters. So, yeah, I think the book's been, and they've got a little thing saying, start here, welcome to the world of Horus Heresy. Yeah. So it's been very cleverly picked, and for the price, I think it's a, a good place to start. $12 is a really good, you know, and the thing is that they charge a lot less for short stories than for novels. Yeah. Um, the last little bits, like they've re-released the Apocalypse 10-inch Blast marker and the Barrage marker and the Hellstorm marker. The I love the fact that they've got the Legion drop pod, which is just a plastic drop pod, um, <laughs> and the Legion scout squad, which is just a 40k scout squad. And when you click on them, it just takes you to the 40k page with the 40k artwork. Um, Azek Araman... I'm not sure that Heresy players are going to love that. I think a reboxed version with the proper artwork on it would mean a lot. It would, as stupid yeah. as that is. No, it's not stupid. It kind of isn't. I like, I'd rather them get rid of those scouts. Those scouts are horrid models. Redo a proper Legion Scout Squad to give us new models. Hmm. Um, the drop pod I can live with either way. I still think that when you're playing when you're playing a game that is a premium game. It should have its own stuff. Yeah. Like, make the people who are playing the game feel as though you care about them. Yeah. Don't go, oh, that's okay. You can just use... You can. We're trying to get people away from proxies. Yeah. Well, you know? to be fair, technically... The, I know that it's not a proxy. Would, do you want to know what's funny with this? When Always. you click this, the photo is of how many scouts? I don't know. I can't see. All right. Sorry. You were pointing at the drop pod. I was like, I can't see any scouts in the drop pod. Okay, right. Yeah, the five. There's five, right? Yeah. See this one that has a giant machine gun heavy bolter? Yeah. Yeah, they can't use that in Heresy. Mm. And there's a note in the description at the very bottom in black, like right at the very bottom that says, please note, this box contains a heavy bolter which cannot be used within a Legion scout squad. It feels like a bit of a cop-out just to add another box. 
at least with the drop pod, you can use that. Azek Araman is the last model they've added back in. He's from um, Prospero Burns. And what was the box called? Betrayal at Calf and something something about Prospero. It was the Space Wolves. It was the Mark III box with the Space Wolves and the Thousand Suns. And then you also got the Sisters of Silence and the Custodies for the first time. Mm-hmm. He's been out of print for a little while now. He's back. He's a small blister. Um, 52.50. I really the, the biggest complaint I have is that that is very clearly a photoshopped face. Mm. He wasn't that color scheme before. So they've just photoshopped it and gone there we go. Enough's enough. Um I actually had this model. I gave it to Lachlan when he started playing Chaos and he turned it into the Chaos Araman mm. rather than the Heresy era Araman. Um the fact that he's back is nice because it is quite a nice model. Um I just can't believe like, there's just no definition to that face helm at all. Mm. Like, if it was painted, you'd you'd have the definition of the shape it's of the helm. It's like someone stuck a hanky over his face. Yeah, I don't know why they've done that. Because the face doesn't look like that. Um, You can see, like, he's actually got, like, a... It's almost like a triangular yeah. wedge f- for the armour. So I don't know why it's been done that way. It looks like Photoshop. If it's not then it's massively overexposed and just blown out all the detail. So that's the full release. If you want everything, it's a thousand bucks plus the bookmark, plus the poster, plus the (laughs) everything else. And I've already seen people online posting photos of pre-ordering that, like using that one-click bundle, Mm. which is really interesting. Um, We're going to wrap it up in just a second. The one thing I do want to talk about is the sprues in the box very quickly. The Contemptor does come with a twin-linked auto-cannon, twin-linked las-cannon, twin-linked heavy bolter, and a multi-melter for an arm. And then it also comes with the power fist, which you can also give it talons instead of fingers. And it comes with the the, the palm-mounted weapons. It gives you all of those. But it doesn't give you all the weapons. There are a bunch of weapons that it still doesn't give you. Mm-hmm. There is also an alternate Contemptor that they feature in the box on another piece of art with a completely different torso and completely different legs to the one that's in the box and to the one that we got from Calf. Uh-uh. So my money at the moment is now that there'll be two boxes for Contemptor and one will be labelled Hereticus and one will be labelled yeah. Loyalist and you'll get half the weapon options in one and half the weapon options in the other and they'll have slightly different torsos and features. And but it won't what do you do if you've got this one and you build it and put it in your army and then? Well, there's nothing on the there's nothing on the current one that makes it overtly loyal or traitor. Yeah. And okay. the new one, there's nothing like there's not like there's aquillas all over it. It's yeah. just one's got laurel wreaths on it and one's a bit more plain. Yeah. Okay. And I think um, since they just previewed the Leviathan in plastic as well. And it only comes with guns. There's no combat weapon options on it. But again, I've seen a photo in one of the books that is very clearly not that model. Mm. I think we're going to start seeing them release either a loyal and trader box, and it's only a guess, or when you finally come to buy the kit, there will be another sprue that you don't get in this box that gives you the rest of the weapons. Um, With the Mark VI Marines in the box, you get eight sprues of five. I'm about to start cross-matching to see if the arms will swap with the torsos because at the moment I don't know. Mm -hmm. I think they will. 
Um, you also get four, um, for lack of a better word, upgrade sprues, which have like the Legion Vexilla, the Nucusio Vox, the Orgray Scanner, the Power Sword Plasma Pistol, Lightning Claw Power Fist, a bunch of different bayonets and pouches and that sort of stuff for the squads. So you get enough to do all 40. Mm-hmm. The Terminators, the Cataphracti, are literally just the Cataphracti from Betrayal at Kalf. So there's nothing new there. They're just exactly the same sprues. Um, and then we hit the the Spartan. And the Spartan is obviously a brand new kit, but there's a few little things when I've been building it that, first of all, it's not an easy kit. Mm. It is a kit that's taken me probably the better part of five hours to the point where I'm just putting the tracks on and it's done. It's taken me a long time, certainly longer than any plastic kit has for a while. Mm-hmm. And it does actually go together really nicely, but you want to follow the instructions. You need to make sure you follow it step by step because it does go together in a very specific sequence. And that's not something that you're good at. No, I've, but I, when I was dry fitting this and I started looking at it, I went, I'm just going to follow this because yeah. I feel like there's a, a risk if I don't. Yeah, so, and that's why I'm pointing it out that if you're saying it, then it, you really need to follow it. Well, when I got those Corsairs and stuff, I just snapped everything off the sprue and went, right, let's see what I can build. Yeah. You can't do that with this kit. Mm. Um, the, when I built the quad mounted LAS cannons, there's lots of little cables that attach to the gun and they also mm. attach to the sponson. And if you build it the right way, the sponson still turns and all the cables are still attached, but it's finicky. Yeah. It required a little bit of dry run and thought and where you're putting in glue and making sure everything else was dry before you did it. Um, the hatch on the front, when you put that together, it has no mecha- um, mechanical mechanism like the Land Raider does, but if you do it the wrong way, the hatch will be glued shut. Mm. Lots of those little moments when I've been going through it, being careful with the glue. Um, the other thing is, though, obviously we've already talked about the upgrade frame that came with this kit that gave me like the different um, different hatches and everything. Yep. There are two other frames in this box that I think we'll see cross over into other kits. The first of them is the track frame. Yeah. So the track frame is listed as a Land Raider frame, not a Spartan frame. And there are two extra pieces of, oh, sorry, four extra pieces of track on the Spartan frames. That's six. There's two there and there's two that I've already cut off. Oh, okay, right. <laughs> no, no. I see what you mean now. Yeah. So, and I looked at this, this sprue and went, well, surely you could have put those four pieces of track on this sprue. Mm. Why didn't you? But the way these four pieces lock in, they extend the track by just enough of the length difference between a Land Raider and a Spartan. Mm. So I think that the track sprue, the standalone track sprue, you're going to see them chuck that into a plastic Land Raider sprue. Yeah. Because without the extra extension parts that are on the hull sections, mm. you've got exactly enough you need to wrap around a Land Raider. Yeah. The second part is the Laz Cannon sprues. When I was putting those together... There's a whole bunch of stuff still on the frame. And I was there going, what? What What have I yeah. missed? But there's a way that instead of building quad-mounted LAS cannons, you can build them as twin LAS cannons and they've got a shorter weapon mount and they mm-hmm. sit closer to the hull as a result. Mm-hmm. And then I looked at the sprue and it's also labelled Land Raider. Ah. So again, I think that frame is going to come with a plastic Land Raider because you can build twin-link LAS cannons, not quad-link LAS cannons mm-hmm. out of it. Like, you can kind of go either way. Yeah. So, it wouldn't surprise me if there is a plastic Proteus Land Raider sitting somewhere waiting for a release, which uses at least two of these frames, 
and then it just chucks in the other frames to build the, the, the hull and the core of the tank. And I think that's really clever of them because looking at the design cues on this tank, I can see like this track, this track sprue could easily be used on the Kratos mm-hmm. because of the way it goes together. They're very careful in the length of the links. They give you very diff- there's not like massive long like the Land Raider came with a length that was you, you know five inches long Land Raider, yeah. this doesn't you need three yeah. of them to do the whole length yeah and it feels like they could easily drop this into multiple different tanks mm-hmm. and go cool you're gonna get spare parts we don't care it's actually cheaper it's for us easier for us to have one for one frame yeah. that we produce on mass then we have three different or four yeah. different frames that we have to produce depending on which kit we're producing yeah and it's the same for the las cannon sponsors so it's been really impressive to see the the sense of thought. like the, the the forethought that they've put into yeah. this to future proof it a little bit so mm-hmm. that they can come back and go cool here's the legion typhon and all it is is a different frame to put the main gun on the, instead of the hatch at the front but we've already got the track sprues we've already got the hull sprues yeah. we've already got everything else so i really like the the amount of thought that's gone into this tank and there's so much in it that you look at and go like when I was building the engine at the back, mm. the pictures made no sense, and then I pulled all the parts out and went, "Oh, I get it now." And like you've got these sunken um, exhaust stacks that yeah. sunk like sink below the armor panels. Mm-hmm. Well, they don't do that in the Land Raider because they didn't have the technology yeah. or they didn't know how to do it. Now, this is more detailed than pretty much any kit I've ever built at this size. Like, you have to go into, like, the proper military-scaled modern mm. military kits to get the detail that you get. Um, exciting. I will also say, if anyone out there wants to put LEDs or, um, like, do any really fancy motorized stuff, you can do it with this kit. Yeah, it's big enough that you've got space to be able well, to... the fact there's no internal detail, like yeah. the Land Raider, there's a big gaping hole in the middle of it yeah. where there's just nothing... I could put a like a Bluetooth speaker in it, a motor in it. Like, is there's lots you could do well, with you this kit. Couldn't. I could. I just want someone to give it to me so I can just drill the holes and put it in. I don't want to do the soldering because I'm not yeah. very good at that. Uh- <laughs> That's it. There are people who could. Not me. We're probably not one of them. No. Yeah. <laughs> um. So anyone who wants to put LEDs or motors or sound effects or anything in this, mm. um, you basically build the two. Um, the two rows of tracks and the outer armor and then sort of plug them on left and right to the hull and the hull is open and empty at that point. Yeah. So there'd be nothing stopping you putting one set of tracks on and the sort of the one half on to give yourself something to work to with. To work with and then just putting the other side on and being done with it. Yeah. So um, it's a very cool tank though. I've just got a handful of tracks to put on it and it's going to be good to go. Um, and then the characters is the last part. The two characters in the box. Lachlan and I weren't necessarily fans of those two characters. Mm-hmm. Um, they look much better with a head swap. I'm going to be honest. I think that the beaky... That's not unusual. The beaky heads, the helmets, because I went, oh, at least they've got a helmet option. Mm. They're so ostentatious and they're so loaded in ornamentation that they've got these little itty bitty beaky heads and they just looked weird. And then, of course, the unhelmeted ones are very clearly aimed at the legions they're aimed at. Yeah. So Lachlan swapped the um, the Praetor with the axe over for a Mark IV helmet, gave him a top knot, and then changed the um, the trophy rack that the, the model had for an Eye of Horus from another kit. Yeah. And it helped balance the model better because it wasn't just a slab at the shoulders. It was 
he had this huge big axe, but his head also sat because he had the top knot. It gave it a bit of extra height. And then the um, we got the, photos of that. that we there can will share. be in the show notes. Yes. Um, so he still went with the cape, but it, I think it helped balance the model better. Mm. For the one with the sword, I took him and I turned him into a night lord. And the first thing I did was go, night lords don't wear capes. He's an evil psychopath. He doesn't. He's not going to wear a cape. Lots of evil psychopaths wear capes. I've seen what happens in in Incredibles when you're an evil psychopath and you wear a cape. You end up inside an engine of something. Okay. So that seems like yeah, a good no thing capes. to base that on. Perfect. Yeah, no <laughs> capes. <laughs> um, that's why the night lord, uh, the night haunter, dies. He wears a cape. That's mm-hmm. the problem. Um, so I didn't go with the cape, but the part of the problem is if you don't go with the cape, the cape is actually attached to the shoulder pads. Yeah. So you have to change the shoulder pads, and that's okay. They are separate parts, and you can do that. So I swapped the shoulder pads off. Um, I went with the standard weapons. I cut off the weird vexilla thing that he had on his back, which was very, very noble and very imperial looking, mm. and found a suitable head spike sprue from my Drakari to make him more Night Lord. So he's got a giant big spear mounted on his back with yeah. skulls. Um, I also hung a, a foot and some hooks and stuff from the Night Lords to his backpack. Beautiful. Um, and ch- again, did a head swap with a with a sort of a skull-faced helm. And I really like it. And once again, you're using your very special um, modelling handle there. Yep, by, by Wrigley's. Um, <laughs> Wrigley's do a fantastic one in conjunction with Bluetack. Yes. Um, and that's because I would have put him on my painting handle, which I actually have here as well. But because of the way he sculpted, he's got a big sort of loincloth and um, got a lot of sort of detail on his back. Mm-hmm. If you glue him to the base, you can't get in there and paint it. Yeah. And because I want to paint the lightning bolts on his armour like the Night Lords have, I kind of went, uh, he can't go on that. Whereas the Mark Mark Six Marines, I've actually been gluing to bases because they don't have those sort of hanging details so I can get in and paint around their armour. Yeah. So yeah, the... Um, oh, and the Contemptor, you don't need to magnetise the arms. Okay. Loch- Lachlan hasn't bothered to when he built it and the, the heavy weapons just slide in and out um, and they've got enough tension... That they actually hold. Yep. Um, whether that lasts mm. for the long term is another matter. Yeah. But I feel like just dropping a pin, like drilling a hole and just running a pin that holds it all together is probably just as well, it suitable a solution. Well, you want to be able to swap them out, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. And if you do, then magnetizing is probably still a good option. Yeah, it can be. Yeah. Anyway, that's all of the heresy stuff for the opening part of this segment. We're going to have a chat to Sam now and um, talk about heresy in Perth and what he thinks and... Then uh, we'll be back after that to wrap up. But in the meantime, let's have a break and then we'll come back and chat to Sam. Right, so we're going to talk more heresy for this episode because why not? We need to add more to cover we've got so much to cover it's a lot of books mm-hmm. and joining us for this part of the episode is local heresy aficionado and longtime player sam hey guys hey sam how's it going fantastic <laughs> now i'm, I'm going to blame sam a little bit for the um the heresy train that has now careened back into our house and the other part i'm, I'm not sure you can blame sam for i that. am no no sam's been oh, hyping at me <laughs> He's been at me hyping at me for years to get back on that train. Mm. And um, when the big black box showed up in the house, that was a, 
the, the combination of two things um, has kind of pushed me back down that road a little bit. It's a good excuse to build a nice big tank. Um, so I'm going to partly blame Sam, which means that you can't blame me. Oh, I can. To be fair, getting a big old box on the door set makes it pretty hard. To be like, oh, <laughs> yeah, no, it really do that. <laughs> makes it hard for me to complain as well. Yeah, it does. <laughs> a little bit. It's the ones that follow this box are the issue. Yeah. Um, hey, the biggest one's already there. Everything's downhill from now on. Unless I buy one more. Anyway, um, <laughs> so we met through the Heresy game when you were living down in Albany, which I was trying to put a pinpoint in it, which is something, I'm going to say 2016. Yeah, I'd say 2016. So Sam is responsible for Linebreaker. Yes. So for those of you playing along at home um, for our event series, we head down to Albany once a year. We've only missed one year, and I'm trying to organize this year at the moment. I can't um, believe you're trying to organise to go down to Albany in the winter. In July. Yeah, I know. Doesn't make much sense. Because I are. coped so well when we did it in April. Yeah. So. <laughs> August is a beautiful time in Albany. What are you talking about? Um, yeah. Do you know when it's a good time? February. So that was February was good. That was when I reached out to Sam end of 2015, start of 2016 to talk about doing this event because he was part of the. Um, the 40k community down in Albany. Did you reach out to Sam? I seem to remember him bullying us into going to Albany. <laughs> yeah, that could that could also well, be a way it went. <laughs> Relentless. Well, I was, trying, I, I was well, trying to run an event, and then you guys were like, "Oh, we run events." I was like, "Really? Yeah." <laughs> Have you been to Albany? <laughs> <laughs> and then two years later, we'd been we'd run a couple of Heresy events. You'd been up to play in Perth. We'd been down to play in Albany. Um, you and I in 2017 flew to LVO where you played yep. in the Heresy two-day event there. Um, that was a busy weekend. And got stopped <laughs> by customs on the way back. And I, I still remember that with your look on your face as this woman's trying to tip your KR case over to pull the models out. You freaked out. And there were two TSA agents on your arms so fast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going... I'm already through. I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it turns out uh, resin looks like hard-packed powder on x-rays. Yeah. yeah. Do you know Little what? I, re know I reckon resin's more expensive than cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I know. Yeah, you've, um, you've been part of the heresy train now for, well, it's not quite 10 years, but... Pretty getting up, pretty close. It's, yeah, it's probably... What a far away. I mean, I think the first event in Perth was... Probably twenty was it twenty fifteen? There was an event at the South Perth Hall. No, yeah. no, it was twenty sixteen because was our 16? our first event was oh, November right. twenty fifteen. Yeah, and then it kind of snowballed from there. So it would have been early twenty sixteen. Yeah, yeah okay. I went to that event with a brand new Death Guard army with not very good stuff. It was basically whatever I had, and I was not prepared for some of the shinier things in the Heresy Army list. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I, think like, I think there's a uh, few things there, though. So one of them is that you were coming up from Albany. So, you know, a lot of tournament players, when they come out to their very first tournament, they bring the toys that they've got in their playroom type of thing. So yeah. you had that. But also you had a much smaller playing pool in Albany. And then coming up to Perth was, I think, a little bit of a culture shock as well. It was, because that was the first event I'd played in Perth. Yeah. So, for us, like me coming up from Albany, it was only, I was trying to use the Heresy Army in 40k, mm. which isn't really a good introduction at the best of times anyway, because it didn't scale at the size you played 40k at. No. And so I, then... And I think the Perth community at that point was still finding its feet again with 
40k, which made made it that little bit more muddy because that was only sort of our second or third event we would have run. Mm. And it was yeah. seventh edition. Uh, might have even been was it seventh. Emma, I still play seventh edition until this book comes out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah he, he never moved on. <laughs> exactly. I found the good edition and I stuck with it. <laughs> Do you know, there's, there's a whole debate we could get into there, but I feel like that may take up the whole hour, so maybe we'll just... That's another podcast. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. is. <laughs> I think, and that's something I want to stress, um, and I've sort of said it privately to a few different people when they've um, kind of gone, oh, I'm not going to play Heresy because of templates or whatever. Don't poo-poo another game system because you don't like it. Express why your game system is good and why people should play it on its own merits, not putting other people's games down. And I think it's templates are amazing. Oh, I'm going to agree to disagree with that one, but um, that's not going to stop me playing. My point is that I, I see a lot of players out there, whether it's AOS complaining about 40k, whether it's 40k complaining about Marvel, whether it's you know like it happens all across the different games. And I think you're way more likely to get people to enjoy and join a game system by being positive about the game system instead of just putting down games that you don't personally ones, yeah. enjoy. Yeah. Play this one because they all suck. Yeah, goes down a lot worse than maybe I should try that one as well. Exactly, and I mean, you and I both know that. Like, you've played Warhammer Fantasy, you've played some 40k, you've played obviously a lot of 30k, and you've yep, dabbled I'm in a lot of the Rings. I'm playing. Titanicus. You played some bolt action as well, didn't you? At one point. Um, yep, I'm playing bolt action a little bit. And I they, in a while, but and they each have their own merits, and I think that that's it. Also, comes around for edition changes. So when people are looking at what is essentially 2.0 for Heresy. It is. Is that controversial? Two point No, that's about right. Because we figured the first one was like when it came out, and then the Blible, which was the proper release of their rulebook, not using a seventh edition rulebook. Yeah, which is one point five, and now we're at two point And I think that there's still going to be a percentage of the community that get hung up on what changes there are in these books because there are like the reactions in particular, the addition of new rules which I think are a really significant positive change overall, have mm-hmm. been, haven't actually gone down well with everyone in the heresy community, which has been really interesting to watch. Doesn't yeah, well, if you look at all. the angry people on the internet, there's already a, a well, I'm not going to say a minority because who knows, but a vocal few that are saying, I'm not even trying the new one. I've already got my books. Why would I start a new one? Yeah, but well, I, I mean, we see that with literally every game system, don't we? Oh, it happens. With, well, exactly. It happens with 40k, and there's nothing wrong with playing what you have, and if that's what you and your mates enjoy, then. I'm trying to remember yeah. the quote that Lachlan said to me. I mean, he said it a few times, but something like, um, you know, gamers are only only ever complain about two things. One is that nothing's <laughs> ever changing, and two is that they've just changed my game system. So, you know. Certainly can't argue with that. Yeah. I mean, I think feel there's like a person that organises events and you guys be more than aware of this. It's terrifying when a new edition comes out. Oh my God, get, yes. If you get half half an already small community, so like, oh, well, I'm not changing. Yeah. You're like, well, now what do I do? Yeah, what's I'm worse running, is when you're waiting for an event and you're going, is there, you know, are they going to drop something? Is there going to be a change? Like, what do we do? And which heresy hasn't had to go through for the last seven so years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's long due. But yeah, that's it. You're right. You can't go. I'm not running two events. So. Yeah. So, but, but you know, are you just going to lose half your player base? Like, drop like as soon as the new edition comes out? Like, can't afford to lose no, half of 20 people that come to events. And that's exactly it with heresy, that we have seen the numbers diminish over the years so 
I mean, they they weren't big to start with, but when you go, well, certainly not forty k players, that's for sure. Yeah, so you know, when you're going to your twenty players and risking ten not turning up because they potentially don't like the rules change or the you know addition change, mm. I think it's significant. Whereas if you lose ten out of a player pool of a hundred, well, yeah, we're probably going to be all right. <laughs> I think yeah. I think you the can best, keep on moving with it. That's it. <laughs> the, the trick for me though, for veterans, is that they need to be the ones, the ones whether they if they choose not to play, that's obviously up to them. The ones who do play have to go that extra mile in terms of encouraging the new players to come along, assisting them with you know thoughts and you know ideas and help with building armies and painting ideas. And the Heresy community is one of those communities when it comes to hobby that is a very high standard on average. So yeah. really embracing new players who do do go out and buy this big box to then kind of go, okay, you've got your 40 Marines and your Terminators and your, cataf- your, your not Cataphractor, that's the Terminators, the, Le- <laughs> uh, the Spartan and you've got your Contemptor and you want to do it all as one army. Okay, cool. What do you really mm-hmm. love? Like which of the legions really grabs you and kind of encouraging them to, to pursue it because... The risk that any of the smaller game systems have when you compare it to some of the big sort of long-time heavy hitters is that those new players come in, get disenfranchised early and leave. And I think that yeah. Yeah. this box set, like I was trying to work out the value, the, the Australian retail value is 475 I think in pieces, this box is probably 7 750 maybe even $800 in parts when they, when they finally do sell it individually. Mm. So for new players... Yeah. It's about, if not more, really. And it's about 1,500 points straight out of the box. Yep. So for a new Heresy player to walk in, buy this box, and then go, cool, I want to play Ultramarines. I'll go to Forge World, I'll buy Gilliman, I'll buy Ventanas because I've read the books and I know about him. I'll buy mm-hmm. some... Um, uh, yeah, some, some boarding, term, boarding Marines. I'll buy some cool upgrade kits. Oh, look, my, I've already got two, two and a half thousand points. And yep. it's reasonably accessible. It is. Yeah, like this is it's still yeah, five hundred dollars. This is definitely a great starter box. If you've, even if you've, like, if you hadn't played Heresy before and you're looking to get into it, I do agree. This is a great way to do it. In terms of like the the forty bodies you get straight off the bat, you only need twenty of them to be the two tactical squads, and then the other twenty you can use to build tactical support squads. The mm-hmm. um, heavy support squads you can use them to make your own custom units. Like I'm going to use them to make terror squads for night lords. Um, yep. And with a few little conversion parts, you can pretty much plug them in for most of those units. In yeah, terms Seekers of, and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Easy. The Spartan is just a cool <laughs> tank that everyone's going to want. And it is really cool. It's friggin' enormous. The Slambulance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool. I like that. Um, yeah, it's better than the Bang Bus. <laughs> yes, Ooh, the, the, yes, it is. The Slambulance is better. Yeah. <laughs> um, and even the 10 Terminators, like those, they're 500 points straight off the bat, depending on what you arm them with. And I think from memory, the Forge World, you can still get heavy weapon upgrades and bits and pieces for them for some of the, like you can you can get the Justarian pack that fits them. Yep. Um, I so, think the, what are they, the um, Alpha Legion ones, they've still got the Power Axes, I think. Yeah. So and you can still get all the combi weapon upgrades as well, I believe. Yeah. And at that point, you can kind of twist them into, you know, if you want to run a Sons of Horus with 10 Justarian, then you can. And it's, you know, more affordable than I would argue it's almost ever been. Now, yep. 
475 at the front end is still not insignificant. So, yeah. No matter how you say it, that's always a lot of money. It is. And, I mean, it's all relative, isn't it? Well, the, the, the 40K Indominus was... It was sub three hundred from memory. Yeah, yeah. But I, I would, I would. Um, two sixty. Sorry, two eighty five is my my vague memory mm. of it. But I would argue the pr- the production value of this book, like the books that we've got here, are significantly higher than. Does Indominus come with a big hardcover? Rule it book? did. Yeah. Okay. Um, but Indominus also didn't have. A giant. It didn't have a tank. Giant tank for starters. I'm gonna call and they were easy to build models. Yeah, they were all snap fits, whereas these are all multi parts. Um, yeah. And I think that, uh, the, like I say, it, this feels like a more premium product. The box is a big, nice, solid. You know, it feels nice. I'm nicer. sorry, I'm putting the box in the bin. I don't care what you make the box. No, the, out the of. box is going to work. <laughs> um, <laughs> Don't don't be selling yeah. me because of the box. The, like I say, the book the book is my first difference. The book feels makes a great spray booth. <laughs> <laughs> Two of them, you get a top and a bottom, yeah. twice the value. To be fair, I've been using half the forty k boxes for dog training. So. Yes. <laughs> so maybe kill, actually the box is actually kill that team is Kiko. <laughs> um, I'm going to send that to Games Workshop for the next box. They can label a, a Warzone Kiko. <laughs> Um, I'll do it. Yeah, I know they will, and that's what I'm really hoping for. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, the box, the plastic model, the Mark Sixes go together super easy. Yeah, and I think, and it was we were talking about this before we started recording. You don't actually like you. You didn't like the the Beaky Mark Six heads, and then you saw the conversions I've done with the Mark Four style Terror squads, and you went, "Oh, I really like those." Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I, at first, I didn't like the Beaky Marines at all. Like any of them, not not like it. But I prefer the Mark IV. They're more like heresy for me. Um, you know, the most of the lore in the background has been Mark VI was quite late in the scene, and not everyone had any. Um, Games Workshop, I think, has slowly read a little bit because they're yep. like, here, you need here's forty of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I think. After more viewing, I believe it's really just the helmet that turns me off. And like you said, the conversions you've done have, even just the head swap has really changed what I think about that to the point where I was going to be selling all the Beaky Marines that I get. I'm probably going to keep at least 10 at this point and see about doing like Ultramarine heads and maybe look at changing some bodies and see what they look like then. That's on my list to do. I've got some of the Terror Squad torsos that have been out of production and some spare Rampager torsos from the World Eaters. Yep. And my plan is to build 20 of these Marines up as a full 20-man tactical squad. And then... I'm just shaking my head at... Oh, I've got these spare... <laughs> God. I've, I've, got, I've got about 30 torsos in my bit spots. So yeah, I've got dozens and dozens of them. So then I'm going to, those last 10, because obviously Lachlan's pinched 10 of these Mark 6s for his own. He's just saying that he's got his um, he's got his name on the other 10 as well. Just Well, saying. no, he, we had a deal. It was going to be 2020, and then I gave him <laughs> 10, 10 of my plastic Mark 4s, and I get to keep more of the beakies. Um, I think you just need to buy another box and split that as well. I will terminate this interview right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I'm, 
look, it might come in the house, it might not. And if you need a rule book out there, just let me know. Mm. Um, <laughs> hey, if you're playing two separate games on different tables, you both need a book. That is true. <laughs> the look the, I'm the getting. problem for you guys is you're both playing traders, so uh, yeah, I'm not buying another. I don't need another book. I've already got them both. Um, yeah. Now that that is probably something to mention as well. The the core book does in the instruction manual come with the profiles of everything in the box. So for a new player starting out, you can literally build everything with just the box, and it has the points values and the rules and everything you need to play out of the box, mm-hmm. which I think is a really positive thing for them. Yep. However, the <laughs> other part of the elephant in this big black box is you need one of the Legion books if you're going to sort of expand past this box set. The two... I, mean, I mean, that's nothing new, I guess. No, no, it's not. The Legion books are $120 Australian each. There are two of them. One is for the, One of them is the Traders <laughs> and one of them is the Loyalists. Yeah. So there's nine Legions in each. I will say that Games Workshop have done the sensible thing and put the entire generic army list at the front of both of these books. So rather yep. than having you buy a loyal book, a trader book, and then a Legiones Astartes generic book, you do only buy one, which I think is I'm not sure good. is that sensible, but I do think that it's, um, I think it's a good move. Like, it's it's only one spot. It's a one to, to say, because at, like, yes, you only need to buy one book if you're playing Ultrones, say, for example, but it's $124, where yeah. in the last, like the last edition, you buy the like generic army list, and in the like Legion Society's book, and they were fifty dollars each. So, see, I, and we were talking about this as well. I can see Games Workshop using these two big fat books as a launch pad style thing, where they go, "Okay, cool, let's get everyone playing," and then six months down the track, go, "Cool, here is Legionis Astartes Dark Angels Legion One," and then release a separate book just with them with some new plastic units and slowly phase these big books out over time. It just a scary thought. It, yeah, it is. It's it's purely me looking at the way Games Workshop <laughs> tends to handle these games as a long-term guess. And I hope I'm wrong, but it feels well, like a possibility. I feel like with the way that Harris has been handled for the last decade, I don't know if the community will not put up with it, but we've only had to buy four rule books in the last 10 years will the community stand for a potentially a needing hard, a new one every six yeah, months it's such a hard one though sam because you know what the community's had for the last 10 years has been not a lot and you know, there I, hasn't been no. support for this system really for the last decade so and that's and, it they've been phasing stuff out of forge world steadily over the last couple of years and it's difficult because the pros of that are well, you haven't had to buy anything new for the last and decade. And you get left alone to kind of... But yeah. the cons of it are then, then you've got players who feel like they've been abandoned and they've been, you know, there's yeah. well, you look eight at- new Space Marine books every year and yet there's been nothing <laughs> for heresy. And, you, for- and that's it. You yeah. look at look at legions like the World Eaters or um, Emperor's Children. How long did they languish being in book one before yeah. they finally got brought back into line... And let's face it, like they were still a little bit sub tier compared to some of the other legions, or heaven forbid, the custodians. Um, <laughs> book seven was a travesty. <laughs> yes, it was. Um, and to be fair, I feel like book seven's 
um, was kind of the tipping point in 2017 because obviously we had the, the sad passing of Alan Bly, who was the head of the Forge or Design Studio and who was kind of the one who was driving the heresy rules and the releases and trying to bring the game into a more mainstream place where the community could embrace it. And that was working at that yep. point. And when he passed, they kind of, it felt rudderless for a good six months after he yeah. passed away because they didn't replace him. Only six months? Well, he, he was kind of sick for three <laughs> or four months. And then after about a year after he fell ill was when they got someone in. But that person who came in didn't sort of take it and follow Alan's vision. Hmm. They just kind of went, oh, we've got to release the last of these books to kind of get all the legions done. And we can kind of stretch this a little bit. We can, you know, Forge War was at that point moving into Necromunda. It was moving into Titanicus. It was moving into some of the other game systems. Mm. Yeah, they could survive on the goodwill they had for a while. Yeah. But by about 2020, that had barely run out. Gone, yeah. And that's <laughs> and that's it. I mean, book book nine dropped in was it twenty twenty or twenty twenty one? Twenty twenty was it? Was tw- it was late twenty twenty, I think. Yeah. Time is such a weird thing at the moment. Yeah, it has been the last couple of years have been a bit weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> swear, so, you know, aren't we only in start of February? You know, actually, <laughs> not not June. June. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. And, I know that one. Yeah. And you know those. So the last book covered. Was it White Scars? Um, Dark Angels and Night Lords. Got yeah. a revamp. So we finally... Quite a good revamp. But we finally got the Lion in 2021. And then the... Ta- was it the tail end of 2021 or the start of 22 that we got the Khan? Was it this year we got Khan? Um, I forget. I think it was early this year, wasn't it? Yeah. And, yeah, now, was... and now all of a sudden it's, hey, here's a new book. Yeah. We finally got... All the rules out now. Here, guess yeah. yeah. Well, that you know. To be fair, that sounds just like Games Workshop. <laughs> yeah, that does sound like Games Workshop. So, Sam, <laughs> when you were so you've been part of the uh, Heresy community for quite a while now. Yeah. Um, so when there were rumours that this book was coming out, and was it coming out? Wasn't it coming out? Was it just you know all of that kind of stuff? What were you hoping that would that you would see? in this new, in the new book? Well, I mean, the photos of the big box that we're finally now getting came out probably about 18 months ago. The yeah, that's the first really mm. bad grainy photos. Yeah. So I feel like, and because they've been out so long, it did, like, obviously the Harris community got super hyped when we saw that. We're like, oh my God, it's finally another Calf box or Prospero box kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, it took them so long to bring it out. It turned into just a meme at that point. Mm. Like, every time it's like, oh, there's a weekender coming up. Heresy box. No, here's no. a... Like, Space his Marines. Age, his Age of Sigma. Up, or... through, and you're like, oh, that's not what we thought we were getting. All right, next one. We'll wait for that. No, here's another random tank that no one's ever heard of before. You're like, okay, cool. No worries. Yeah. <laughs> So when it finally did come around, it was, it was a double-edged sword, I guess. It was like, oh, it's finally out. And then, but a lot of people had quit by that point. Mm. Like they got, a, you know, a friend of mine in Perth. He's he's got disenfranchised with GW, just just dragging their feet again and again and again. And you did like the community did feel forgotten about. Mm. The hard part about but, it as uh, well is <laughs> how much of that. And I'm not forgiving Games Workshop for the way they do sometimes behave. 
but the last couple of years have also been a really weird time for companies producing product and premium product at that so yeah. how much of it can you kind of go well you know what half their staff weren't even working in the same building they were working from home the production was cut like i know the production at one point there was like a an eighth of what it usually was because of the rotations for staff and how close they could be and all the rest yeah, okay. of it so i kind of forgive a little bit of the delays like when you think about I think their, it would have been a lot easier if there hadn't been the sneak previews and the yeah, leaks and, that's, and all of and that. that's what I was you about know, to say. You don't know that mm. it's coming. You don't, you're not sitting waiting for it. But, and we, but we had that with 40K where they, they mm. kind of ended 2019 going, cool, so here's the roadmap for the next two years. We're getting two books a month and we're going to release this and we're going to do this and we're going to do this. And then it was like... You know that roadmap? Just, actually, if you just well, blow that up, that'd if, be great. But like, we got the Drakari book for 40K a month after the chapter approved book and the chapter approved book was meant to have been out six months after the Drakari book, yeah. which meant that there were points values in the, the codex that were older than the points values in the chapter approved. Um, and I'm sorry, I haven't seen a roadmap for heresy since I started playing. <laughs> 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 that would have gone a, a hugely long way to like, it wouldn't have cause they didn't follow it. Yeah, they didn't follow it. They <laughs> <laughs> no, just anything would have been like, oh, at least that we've got an idea of what's yeah. what's happening. Yeah. And but as as for the box, I mean, because I guess we did know what was coming. So the idea was, if they're building a plastic Spartan, then surely they had to be bringing more plastic in. Yeah. And I mean, I give it to Games Workshop; they've hit it out of the park with this release. You can't fault anything they've done. Like we're seeing new tanks, new plastic rhinos, you know all these new plastic space marines and stuff. It's finally what we've been waiting for. Now it's just a matter of what's going to come next. Yeah, watching the rollout and seeing where it goes. Did you have any yeah. worries around... I mean, it's always a worry that I see in different <coughs> social media groups that they're going to break my game. So what were your concerns around the new release and what that may mean? Bringing it to ninth edition was a huge fear. See, it's because, I mean, at the end of the day, we've been playing the same edition for this long. Mm. If you're still playing Heresy, then you obviously enjoy that rule set. So, like, and it, as a TO, and though, how do you go with that? So, you know, you've if you've been playing this long, now we've seen numbers get smaller and we've, you know, we've seen players get disenfranchised and mm -hmm. disconnect from it. And I guess through all... Well, with most players, we see them go through different life stages and so they drop off playing. Mm -hmm. uh, what I haven't seen is new players coming into it and picking it up. So I guess what we see a lot of in 40K is as people start, you know, as they start dating, they drop off and then they come back and then they have a child and then they drop off a little bit and then they come back. And, you know, so we see yep. that. But as, you know, as that first wave is going off because they've discovered girls, then we're getting another <laughs> wave coming through or... That's when they're coming back because now they're married and they've broken it to the partner that they actually play this game. <laughs> can't keep it a secret anymore. And, Still you know, introduce your war dollies like that's one exactly. thing at a time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm finally going to show you what's in the um, in the room that I've kept locked for the last hour of yeah. years. This so. isn't Fifty Shades of Grey, darling. I'm really sorry. It is. It is Fifty Shades of Grey, but it's all plastic. <laughs> <laughs> so. You probably would have preferred Fifty Shades that's of Grey, unfortunately. <laughs> So, it's the wrong type of grey. So Look at this 30 mil tall plastic toy. This is not what you it's thought. It's really not. <laughs> <laughs> but what I haven't seen with 30K is I haven't seen 
the people who are dropping off, I haven't seen them replaced with new blood. So and that yeah, that's fair. Are we yeah, we, we don't see the new players that we get that you guys get. And it's I always wonder like, I mean, Perth isn't the biggest of cities, but you have to assume that there's groups out there that you just don't find. And we yeah, we constantly definitely. we're constantly in that state with 40k let alone anything more niche. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but- I know of small groups that I know they're out there, but they don't like playing events, so we just, you just never see them. Yeah, they and, don't. And it's and, how do you kind yeah. of get rid of some of those myths that go around what events are like if they don't actually ever come out? Yeah. So, but I guess what I'm wondering is, there's this thought that bringing it up to nines, Ed, could that potentially see some of those players returning or new players getting into it because they can transition between the two or? You know, could that have potentially been a way to get new blood back into that system? Yeah, well, that and that's a fair point. Like, if you know, if even ten percent of the people that you have playing forty k went, oh well, I've already know the rule set playing ninth ed, mm. and heresy is now ninth ed. Could we bounce across? Yeah, and that would have been great to see. Well, but... we were seeing that in seventh edition when we were running events <laughs> where people would go, oh, I've got a demon army, I can go and play a heresy event if I buy a couple of space marine units yeah. and. You know, you can kind of get a little bit of crossover. And I think that this box goes a long way to breaking down some of the barriers for for new players to get into it. But yeah. I also know plenty of existing current 40K players who are really struggling with the idea of playing Heresy and going back to 7th because it's still been labelled by a lot of the longer... Pl- like, we play 7th edition. And you said it earlier. Yeah. And even though this new book takes 7th edition, combines bits from 6th and then twists it some more. So it doesn't... There are parts that feel to me reading through it a lot like 7. Mm-hmm. It's not 7. There are yeah. there are new parts to it. They've changed parts of it. They've, they've kind of overhauled the whole thing. So instead of it just being a 7.5, it's a heresy 1. Because yeah. it, it's, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's still, now standalone. I, and I feel like it's, it has kept the... The bigger parts of seventh, like the main things, you know, it still has armor facings. It still has templates. So, which are you know two of the most common things you hear in terms of yeah, the positives or negatives, I guess. Like, yeah. So tell me why you love play, templates. Like, I like that. I like the flame template. I wasn't talking to you. The rest of it can burn no. Fire. You can shush, <laughs> Sam. Tell me why you like templates. Sorry, I thought well, that I... was obvious. I was directing it to Sam, but no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just. You shoot a giant cannon at something, I get to see it, what an explosion looks like on the table and how many people it hits. I mean... Did you see the, the templates we got with this box? I haven't seen the ones with this box, no. All right, hang on. I'm going right to go and get those. Actually, no, I'm going to send a text message to my son in the next room. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it's not only the normal templates that are like the 5-inch and the 3-inch, but, I mean, you, know, you, all, you see it in 40K, like, oh, how many hits do I do? One. Well, that's poo. I just shot a cannon the size of... A, like train engine and they all managed to I, duck it did they yeah exactly <laughs> so but it's not only that i mean you get to start using play big games and you get to start using the apocalypse templates i mean using a 10 inch pie plate that, that's just fantastic <laughs> did you ever play the old apocalypse it's where you so got funny. the 15 inch i know you well template? enough sam i can see your face being so excited that's just so fantastic <laughs> yeah i take i take tanks that shoot those things just because it's so them. much fun yeah. Did you ever see the 15-inch you... blasts? The template for the that? The 15-inch? Yeah. 
No, I don't think I ever saw that. So you, they couldn't pack it. They couldn't make it a single piece. So you got it in four pieces in quarters oh, actually, yeah. and you had to click it together. So you got this disc that was 15 inches across that you had to then put on the table to cover units with. It was the most insane, like ludicrous template to put on the table. And it's what Sam's just mentioned is what people would do. Like, what guns does my army have access to that can use this template? How do I get to use it? I don't care what I need to do. I just want to use it. It man, it's psychological warfare. If you can pull out a giant pie plate, I'm going to need this for later. Where am I shooting this? (laughs) Yeah, man, you don't get that in in 40k. And you're like, oh, I do two d6 hits. You might get two. I'm never going to get two when I have a template this big. Unless you scatter it super bad. 10-inch template, you're only scattering at maximum, what, seven? <laughs> to be to be fair, I think... I don't actually object to the idea of the templates. I object to the way that I've had players deal with the scattered ice. I think that's my biggest complaint with them. Which, in in like hyper-competitive environments, I do agree. But that, And that's... Uh, yeah, that's always been my I, frustration. I haven't, I haven't seen that problem of like, oh no, that's 10 degrees more left than what you're saying you know sure i mean i guess <laughs> but but for the for the most part it's you kind of be like oh that's that way <laughs> and I, I was talking about it with lachlan trying to kind of get him to understand like when you're rolling these we need to roll them near where the template's going to be landing so that you can get the angle roughly right and not roll it on the other yeah. side of the table in a dice box yeah. Um, I mean, I've got one of those little army painter, like the line laser pointers. Yep. Fantastic. I mean, you just point that at your dice and then you move it across the table. Yeah. <clears throat> so, the only thing is, that, I actually really do like having the dice trays. It's fine as long as you've got a dice tray beside where the template's landing. Mm. No, just I need- eat my dice across the table. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So Emma's now got in her hands the bright orange clear plastic um, template. So it's the three-inch blast, the five-inch blast, and the flame template. Although yeah. I noticed our flame template is a little nick taken out the nose Damaged, of it. Yeah, I mean, is, that half a mil is going to make a huge To be fair, like but... Sam and I were joking, I probably got a dozen of those sets out in the dungeon. Yeah, from the, yeah I've that's got what a, I was going to say. I mean, I hadn't seen First, these ones, but no, I have in, seen them. In bright orange, all. I've not seen them. Like, this is a new colour scheme for them. Yeah. Um, and I really do no, love got, the flame template. Green. Oh, you got the green ones from... That's a while ago now, actually. I think they were 5th edition. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what the 3rd edition ones were. I thought they were green ones. red somewhere as well. Yeah, we got red ones. We got green ones. We got clear ones. We got smoke ones. Oh, yeah. Like clear ones you lose. Like, you flat out. You put them on the table. Like and they disappear. Battle mat and you, you do. can't see them. <laughs> How does that happen? Or in the bag. You think, I know I've put these in this bag. No, can't find. I've emptied the bag four times. I cannot find. I've turned the bag upside down. Oh, now I've chucked. Now some she's chucking it across the room. <laughs> Too busy talking with my hands. Like my apocalypse templates are the green ones. Yeah, and you, you don't lose them. These orange ones you won't lose either. And I hope they come back with the apocalypse ones and produce them in orange again. Like that'd be nice to be able to have a whole set that matched because that's the way my brain works. Yeah, that doesn't interest me at all. <laughs> no, it, 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 I won't use these because I've got a big set that'll match it. So. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure which models, which things actually still shoot the giant templates. Uh, there's no Titan rules in these books. And that's, I suppose, something to very quickly touch on with these books. The two Legionis Astartes books, the Hereticus and the Loyalist, only cover the Legions. 
and they well, I they, guess that makes sense. Well, they <laughs> it does, but they've they've basically said that there's going to be a free PDF download which covers like the Ruin Storm Demons, the Imperial Army, the basic Mechanicus type stuff. But I'm assuming that those books will probably be released in due course. Yeah, um, well, I mean, I know in uh, in the Legion Society's book, it does have reference to the Libra Mechanicum. So yeah. no, there is one coming. It's just a matter of when. And I don't think it'll be that long. Although, I think what you'll also likely see is Games Workshop port over potentially some of their existing plastic, Skatari, and some of those units. Because obviously, like, the Hopolites were already a hybrid kit anyway. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they kind of ported a few of those plastic, not all of them, but certainly part of them over just to kind of help bulk out the plastic component of it. Because, like, when you think about Heresy, I still think Forge World. Because ultimately, yeah. that's where the Primarchs come from. That's where most of the characters come from. That's... And, and I don't think that's going to change. Uh, I reckon long term it does. I yeah, think, you reckon we'll see plastic Primarchs? No, I think the Primarchs will stay. The character series I don't see going anywhere because the, the value in terms of turning them to plastic just isn't there. Mm-hmm. But I do think, like, we've already seen the Sons of Horus heads and the Imperial Fist heads in plastic that they've previewed. Yep. And I think that, like, all the squad upgrade type stuff, so your terror squads, your rampages, anything that can be a hybrid kit <laughs> of an existing plastic set, I yep. think we'll move from Forge World into core range plastic. Much like we've seen the the Demos Rhino, the Sicarian, the Spartan. Um, I suspect, obviously, we. I, I think we're going to get a Land Raider based on the, the Spartan Spruce. Like yep. a, a we'll Proteus. See, we'll see Predators. I mean, if they've done a Demos Rhino, they will do a Demos Predator. And probably the Whirlwind. What was the Whirlwind called? Scorpius? Scorpius, yep. Um, they could even do a Legion Vindicator at that point. And, it, and yep. that to me yeah, feels... Yeah, it's an upgrade for right? Like yeah. This. And I feel like the long-term plan for this game is that the majority of it will be plastic. Yeah. Which, Which just is makes sense great. for them. You think that's good? I, yeah, I mean, plastic is... I Look, I'm happy dealing like building models with resin. We've been doing it for a decade. Mm. But, I mean, plastic is easier to deal with, I guess, and it's good for conversions and stuff. doesn't I'm give you cancer when you're cutting it. Look, you know, that, that's one of my um, goals in life, you know. Not get cancer. Yeah. yeah. Things and, to avoid. Yeah, and I think, re- you know, working with resin models has additional challenges. And that, and that comes back to being able to build a community. When you've got a, a person who goes, I really want to play Blood Angels for heresy, the ability to walk into a local gaming store or a Warhammer store and pick yep. those up off the shelf is way yeah, more likely to happen than if they had to go and deal with Forge World and wait weeks for it to turn up. And then, mm-hmm. oh, this one's miscast or it's got a part missing or, oh, what do you mean my plastic glue doesn't work with these kits? Which is... Oh my, uh, that one gets me all the time. <laughs> that, I, had, I had someone ask me that the other day. Oh. I get asked regularly. Um, and, I, and I said it's in the name, right? Like, I know. Does plastic glue work on resin? No. <laughs> the problem is that the then you get the smart-ass ones that go, well, resin is a type of plastic. And you go, yep, <laughs> but it's not because it's a different thing. But, okay, so yep. let, let's stop because I can go down that rabbit hole and I'm trying not to. Um, <laughs> but what would you say to the idea, though, that some heresy players 
like mm-hmm. the fact that it is an elite product that you have to purchase from Forge World and that it, you can't go in and just pick it up from, you know, for some people that's the appeal of heresy. The the elite side of it. Yeah. I, f- I feel that. Well, I feel that's dying out or pretty much already has at this point. Like, I think I, it's I, not so much what the products are made of, but the hobby side of heresy is much stronger than the hobby side in 40K. Tell me about that. But. But is that well, I mean, just a people... direct proportion to player base? Because I, like, I'll agree with you that I've seen some amazing hobby from the Heresy community. Mm. But when you've got the same sort of, like you said, around the 20 player mark who are sort of supporting and encouraging and consistently sort of going together and you have yep. how many Heresy events a year? Three? Yep. Yeah. That's, yeah. I'm aiming, for th- I'm aiming for three in the second half of this year. But up until now, like if you think about... Yeah. You know, uh, 2019, three, three two, be... two or three was probably where we were at. Yeah. Up until a couple of years ago, we were playing basically Skulls, and that was it. Yeah. yeah. And I like, is is the reason why it feels like the hobby is stronger in Heresy because you've got a close-knit group in WA who support and encourage each other and who are constantly aiming for not just events, but for the casual pickup games, whereas... The 40k tournament cycle is a different beast. Is it two different experiences, basically? Because I feel I like I've I've seen players who only came out for like first blood for us, or only come out for one event, and they can produce stunning armies, mm-hmm. but they're not your typical tournament goer because it's a different attitude that's in place. Is that then those guys? Those guys should be playing heresy then. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Don't be true, trying I mean, to steal it... our players. All right, I'll fight you for them. <laughs> Sure win. <laughs> Don't doubt that. But I think it's like heresy has always been a because the, I mean I guess you can call this part of the, the whole gatekeeping theory, but it's always been like you. Not, I don't want to say like the old man's game, but it feels like you play forty k and then. You're you're saying it's histo- it's historicals for forty k. Yeah, like you're, like you're playing the Napoleonics after you move on from bolt action. Yeah, I mean it's the um, you, if you're playing Heresy, then you prefer the story, like the narrative side of things, which means if you enjoy the narrative side and you want to reenact what the books sound like, mm. you want your army to look like you imagine in the stories. You don't get that with grey plastic. Mm. No, and that we've we've been pushing the community away from that for years in terms of enforcing painting and that sort of stuff. Yeah, like the three color minimum thing, which yeah, most events push and everything is all well and good. But I mean, I, I it's very rare we see anything unpainted on the table in Heresy yeah. to the point where we don't need to say at this point things must be painted because it's kind of just a given. That's good. Yeah, you know, it's it's not it's not a question about skill of painting and stuff, but just make the effort to like for immersion, like. It's because it's not just what you enjoy. It's, you know, the other people, 99% of the time is what they're playing that game for. Yeah. I wonder how, it'll like, be, how it would go if Games Workshop came out and said, cool, here's the grand tournament book for Heresy, because they've already mentioned that once. I saw someone mention it in one of the live streams talking about a an organised... The word tournament isn't used in Heresy in pretty much Australia. No, but I have seen it mentioned by Warhammer TV. And I, I don't think I don't think the word tournament used. I think organized play was the way it was mm. worded. Yeah. 
Well, that um, would be better than tournament play because I think a lot of people would straight up just be like, that's not what we play this game. I think as mentioned on another podcast recently where they, I think in Sydney, they said there was an event like, Come, this is a tournament, bring your hardest, meanest lists for heresy. They got like two people signed up. Oh, wow. Yeah. But narrative events over there are playing you know, every fortnight and getting consistent players for the narrative side. Oh, that's awesome. See, it's a shame so, because I think Heresy would lean really well into the Crusade rules in Ninth Edition. I think that's yeah. If they did, if they ported Heresy to Ninth, and I, to be fair, having read this, I'm glad they didn't, because I feel like this is its own. This isn't 40k Seventh Edition. This is something different. But if they yeah. had chosen to port it to Ninth, at least with the Crusade format, where you can reenact battles and your characters develop and change and grow, and there's like it's all story driven. I think that's where the heresy would sit in ninth edition. But yeah. the fact the fact I mean, they haven't is good. Yeah. I mean then there's because this rule system's been out so long, there's fan made things out there that you can do yeah. <clears throat> campaign days and stuff like that. I mean, the black books have had campaigns rules. Like that's a big one of the biggest selling points. Yeah. Like play a sequence of five games, your characters upgrade, your squads upgrade, things like that. And that's that's obviously been the inspiration for Crusade when they've ported that to 40k. Yeah. Um, although they've done it in a more regimented way with 40k to give players more sort of structure in terms of requisition requisition points and kind of the way that yeah. you process it. I think one of the things yeah. that I really like is that they have actually tried to reinforce this being a standalone game. Yeah. And not... It's not 30k played with... 40k 7th edition rules yeah well I mean yeah for the first however many black books I think it still had the 40k logo on the back yeah whereas this now, now is its own thing man when I think last week the GW website got an update and we got our own yeah you got your own tab banner now. on there yeah that was huge and it's something so little but it is meaningful so let's um, let's have a quick chat about the it's um, going to have to be quick because I've used up the. You have used first up a lot, but that's okay. Of the discussion. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, I've got no. I'm, I'm not going to bed anytime soon. <laughs> I can talk about <laughs> So Emma's got the loyalist book in front of her. I do. Okay. Um, and I've got the trader book sat in front of me. That is definitely us. <laughs> and I have some rules. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, so first thing I know that you did mention this but the books are beautiful they are they are I mean I've seen the ones you guys had last night they blew me away yeah like I mean $120 is a lot for a book but I mean they're 350 pages I was just they're looking over, to the back to see how many pages they're over an inch thick <laughs> they are significant there's also that um, the little black ribbon in the book which I think is a nice one so if you do only play one legion you can kind of tag it so you know where your where your bit of the book actually yep. is I cannot yep. believe that out of all of this book, the thing that you're most excited no, about no, no. is the book. I'm not excited about I'm just pointing it out. <laughs> well, hey, if you didn't get that, you'd have to spend $26 in a bookmark. You know what? <laughs> just cut a piece of ribbon out of no, the... No, Sam's going to use a $20 note. It's cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I am going to point out I did order one of those bookmarks for the store just because I wanted to see what it was. Oh my God. So we'll see what happens when we get that in a few weeks' time. And to be fair, as I thought they were $50, for 20 to $5, I'm actually yeah. semi-tempted to try it. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I won't, 
but good. Uh, so, you guys are insane. But, but until until Sam comes to me and goes, "Hey, man, like, insane. what sort of discounts can we organise?" No. <laughs> All right. Now the um, when you get to the Legion component of it, so the first half of it is basically the the Legion is Astartes core units. So it gives you the detachment rules. It gives you um, all the unit profiles. And then after that, it goes on to the weapon profiles. It goes into the rights of war. It goes into the consoles and the sort of upgrades for the, all the, the core units. Mm-hmm. It's a well laid out book. The only thing I'm finding frustrating, and it, maybe it's because the 40K component of it has spoiled me a little bit, is I want all the weapon profiles on the data sheet with the unit. And I'm used to getting that now. So me having to flick back and forth to see what what the options are has been frustrating for me. But I'm do, sure... Do 40k stuff have as many options as some of these unit types? Yeah. My Corsair units yeah. are horrific for, for well, options I mean, and weapons. Well, I mean, the Glaive, for example. I mean, that has, what, three guns on it base with the potential to get one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine nine more would it have the would a 40k data sheet have 12 weapon profiles on it so the corsair one has oh hang on i'm trying to think <clears throat> that'll have oh i don't know if it'll have that many i mean I'm not sure. obviously are a outlier well, you, but no i get your point though i'm because there's obviously there is a uh, there is a point with a lot of the 40k codexes that are, that do have summaries to some degree. Um, yep. I'm trying to think when I like the Space Marine Repulsor, the Executioner probably has that many guns. Um, yep. But I, I don't. Hmm. The good thing is most of the guns in Heresy are the same. Yeah, and that's I suppose why they can afford to do it the way they have is a bolt gun in the hands of a tactical squad member is the same as it is in a veteran squad member, is the same as it is in a recon squad member, is the same as it is yeah. kind of wherever it, it is. It probably just saves redundancy at this point. Yeah. Um, so once we go through the, the core units and the rights of war and the consoles, we then hit the legions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, they put them in legion order number. So Great the, idea. Um, which I really like. It's a nice touch. They didn't have to do it. They could have done alphabetical or anything weird like that. And you, last, the last book, they didn't do it alphabetical or legion order. They just, they just chucked <laughs> it in. Dry blue. <laughs> it, was just, it was just a lucky dip, I think. And they're like, oh, yeah, that one looks good. Whereas now you get, obviously, the first legion, the Dark Angels, arguably the best loyal legion. Arguably, um, and we're not going to argue it. <laughs> so just move on. They are pretty cool, though. They are pretty cool. Um... <laughs> Uh, and then I think the next one, hang on, three is, no, four, uh, uh, no, three, four, no, five is what, White Scars? Five, yeah. Five is White Scars, yep, because I happen to be open to that page right now. <laughs> <laughs> but at the what I really like about it is they go, cool, here's your Legion rules, here's your Legion war gear, here's your Primarch, and then they go through and you'll get different characters that either have models or will obviously be getting models, and then you mm-hmm. also get their special units, and then you get a yep. full color section where they do yeah, the- artwork for the heraldry that's all taken from the black books. So yeah. you, there's some new stuff in there, but a lot of it feels very familiar. Um, yeah. Because you get the different... Yeah, the color plates are really good. So you get the squad marking heads, uh, like the different helmet styles. You get um, a tank, a dreadnought. You kind of get a few different examples <laughs> of some of the heraldry on shoulder pads. Yeah, different shoulder pads are there. 
and then you get like a full color art component of painted models. Um, it's mm-hmm. always the Primark, and then it's often character models and individual unique things for them to kind of show them yeah. off in their right color schemes. Yep. And I like feel Dark Angels has their, their Terminators, their Interrupters, like their Legion specific Leviathans, stuff like that, and their Praetors and stuff. Yeah, which I think goes a long way to kind of, if you're not sure and you pick up one of these books in a store, being able to flick through to those bits and go, oh, wow, I really like the Imperial Fists, but mm. hey, there's a few different... I don't have to paint them yellow. I can paint them yeah. a combination of colours to suit... <laughs> Black and yellow. <laughs> yeah, Sig- Sigismund. Um, or like the Dark Angels where you do have the Dreadwing and the Firewing and the Deathwing and the Ravenwing and I'm sure there's the Iron Wing. Yep, the fire wing. I felt like I've forgotten the, one. The six, aren't the they? Dread, dread wing. No, I said dread. That one. Yeah. Death. Dread, dread, death, raven, fire, iron. There's one more. I don't know. I haven't got that page open. Bugger. That's going to annoy um. me. <laughs> what am I looking at? Uh, the Dark Angels. We could... I can't even help because she's got the book. <laughs> She? Who's she? Cat's mother? The cat's, the cat's mother, as my mother always told me. <laughs> I can't okay. help because Emma has the book. Thank you, darling. Um, Stormwing. Oh, thank you. There we go. He's faster yeah. than I am. <laughs> <laughs> Page uh, 151, according to my totally legit rules I've got here. It won't be 151. <laughs> I was going to say, definitely not. I skimmed, pa- I went past. Oh, well. It doesn't matter. Mm. So it doesn't matter. The, the good part about it, like I was saying, is that you do get... Actually, it was 151. I was said Stormwing, yeah. I was looking for pictures. There's no pictures. <laughs> it's a big wall of black yeah. with white text on it. Yeah. Um, I was looking for the pretty pictures with the different <laughs> colours. Uh, hex, hexagrammaton unit subtypes. Yes. Yes. So each of the... Each of the legions gets that treatment. It's not treated... None of them are treated like second-class citizens. You do get the same for everyone. Um, and it goes in an order that feels understandable and readable. Yep. And Yeah, it doesn't seem arse about. No. My biggest complaint was when I opened the legion, uh, the loyalist book that you've got in front of you. That's what I was looking for. I found the page I was looking for. Oh, the, the colours. <laughs> the, yeah, pr- the pretty pictures for the Dark Angels. There's no page number, so... <laughs> Um, I don't know what page that is. When I, well, I had a drop of glue inside one of these books, so when I opened to oh. Kasaro Khan um, for the White Scars, it actually t- it didn't tear the page, but it took yeah, the a layer, layer off, off, which was really disappointing. Uh, were you building a Spartan over your nope. new book? Oh. oh, gosh, no. He doesn't do that. <laughs> no, no. This was I opened the box and like grabbed the, the Trader one and went, ooh, and ah, at the Trader one. And then Lachlan said to me, do you want to look at the loyal one? And I went, hmm... Yeah, right. <laughs> Flick through it, and then I got to Kasaro Khan to see if they had the jet bike entry for him. And mm-hmm. the two pages were stuck together, and then I kind of ran the knife through the middle of it. There was a little dot of glue that had escaped and so damaged yeah, the page, right. which was really frustrating. And Gee, for Mike, h- if only you had paid $120. That's ex- I was literally about to say the, la- like, the last time this happened when I bought one of the black books and I, there was a page that was smeared, I cracked the shits and Forge World sent me a new one. And rightly yeah. so. Like, yeah. it's damaged on release. Well, those black books are $180, I think. No, I think they were more than that. Certainly well, the later ones were in the 200s. Mm-hmm. But, um, Yikes. you know, that is what it is. 
yeah, so I, I mean, those books are, I believe, are worth it. Those ones are oh, they, fantastic, weighty tomes. And I think that that's probably they've gone the way because those are all leather bound with like steel corners and all the really expensive paper. That they've tried you to re- murder someone with those books. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Emma nearly did the the book when book three came out with the slipcase. Do you remember when that first came out? Yeah, yep. I ordered two of them, one for me and one for a friend who was collecting them as well. And he was FIFO, so they came to my house so that they were not left on his doorstep for weeks at a time. And <laughs> when Forge World shipped that that pair of those, they took the box, put it in a box and then put that box in another box and put those two boxes in one big box and then spaced it all with foam between each layer. So I've come home one day from work, opened the front door to, like it's it's maybe open 18 inches before it's thudded into this box. I've looked around the corner and there's Emma stood there going, what the hell have you ordered? Because this box was four feet tall and three feet square. And it looked like I'd I mean, ordered. The books a, are big, but they're not. It that looked big. like I'd ordered a ready-built yeah. Titan. It was this huge box, and I've gone. It's the price of two books, you nearly could buy. Yeah, this is true. And I'm there going, it's it's books, and she's looking at me going, it's not books. What the hell is in this box? And I've opened it up, and there's a box, and we've opened the box, and there's another box. We've opened the box, and there's another box, and we've opened that, and she's gone. Are, you fun- are we are we serious now? What the hell is this? But it's the only reason I think I survived that night. Because, because I am lovely. I box. Was Just saying, up. I'm lovely, <laughs> kind and gentle. And neither of us are terri- but terrified of you. Mm. <laughs> Healthy fear is good. So let's let's talk Ultramarines for Sam because we know he's the biggest vanilla fanboy. I am. Look, I, I will give you credit. Ultramarines in 30k are freaking awesome. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. Go and read and or listen to No No Fear. Um, Dan Abnett. I don't remember what book number it is. I'm going to say it's in the 20s. Um, it's sure, it's one of the best heresy books. that It's one I still enjoy. I, I know the whole story, but I don't care because it's yep. awesome. And when I started putting it on in the car for my son, driving him to school, he went, oh, Ultramarines. And by the end of it, there's a sequence where Ventanus and Celaton look like they're going to die. And he <laughs> was getting very angsty because we're in the car going to school. <laughs> And I've hit pause as we've hit the school, and he's gone. <laughs> to the, uh. So, um, it, it's it's one of the reasons why at one point there there was me on the shopping cart on Forge World going, how much are these Ultramarines? And how? Oh no, I won't. But I was very close. All right, let's talk about Ultramarines. So, what have they lost? Legion, best Legion. What what did they take away? Is where I'm going to start. Let's start with the, okay. the downside. So they've taken away the Fulmentaris Terminators and their Locutaris Assault Squad. So the, um, the Fulmentaris were basically the... They're, the, they're Siege Tyrant Terminators. Yeah, the rip-off the the rip Iron, Iron Warriors. Yeah. Yeah. With yeah, slightly different rules. Um, I, I never ran them. I never ran the Storm Squad. Um, I was planning on a Storm Squad with this edition because I figured I should do some Assault Marines. Um, they took them away and now I'm just like, oh, well, that's fine. <laughs> um, the Terminators I found are always too many points. For a squad like with all missile launchers, you're paying, I think, 750 points for 10 guys. Wow, that is expensive. 
So it's hard to just say like, oh, I'll take 10 Terminators or a Warhound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a fair but, comparison. Um, but so, yeah, I mean, look, there's, I know Timo has a squad of Full Mentaris, uh, so, but I believe rumor has it Forge World is bringing out like what they did for 40k, like a Legends PDF. And that'd make a lot of sense for them to kind of, particularly given that this game isn't a tournament game, or certainly the community yeah. doesn't expect it to be a tournament game. The That's idea the of the community here in Western Australia. That's true. There are tournaments for it held in the US. Mm-hmm. Um, are there? Yeah. Like best, like yep, competitive tournaments. Yeah, okay. well, I mean, you think he went over to LVO <laughs> to play Sam? Yeah, but there was an narrative event there as well, which had way more people. It's it is sold out by the time I think we are yeah, trying to sign up for it. Yeah. Um. So I, I think the idea of a, a digital download for those units that never got models but people took the time yep. to convert makes total sense. Yeah, especially because like when those ones are coming out, like to make the uh, full Mentaris was, I mean, you had to source your missile weapons from somewhere, or and the storm squad you had to use like upgrade sprues to make them look blingy because they all have artificer armor. I know, and they all I... have power swords. I know where I'd get the, the missile launcher these days. You just need to buy 10 Spartans. Because the little <laughs> Havoc launcher on the top of that would be perfect for the top of a Terminator. Yeah. Um, I think most people are using the Contemptor Havoc launcher. Because oh, not yeah. many people yep. put them on Contemptors. So you generally had a few kicking around. Or somebody's got a few kicking around that, you know, they'll spare you out of their big bits. Yeah, spots. exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think every Contemptor came with one. Yeah, the new one does as well. Except it's yeah. different. It, it's probably too big for a Terminator because it's enormous on the new model. It takes up the okay. entire. It, it takes up the entire of their, like it's the width of their torso. It's, really? Yeah, it's okay. huge. <laughs> um, <laughs> See, it all makes sense now. They got rid of our Terminators because they changed the model on the Contemptor. <laughs> <laughs> How will people do this? <laughs> so uh, let's stick to the good stuff. We kept Remus Ventanus, which obviously he got a model reasonably recently. Let's not talk about the bearhead version of that, but the uh, helmet version looks fantastic. <laughs> even the, I, don't, I don't even mind the bareheaded one. I think that one of the mistakes that we get, particularly with some of these unique models, is that the paint jobs feel a little bit rushed from time to time, and then they're yeah. not photographed there's in the no, best light. There's no kind of um, like there's no consistency with that, though, is there? So no. One page, you've got yeah. something that is. Absolutely stunning. Out of this world, Golden Demon kind of painting, and it's photographed beautifully. And then the next one, you think, well, do you know, I think I could actually probably do that. And, and it was taken on an iPhone 4. Yeah, yeah. With blown out lighting. You think, what? This, yeah. the, like the, the, the color in this book does feel more consistent. The, sorry. What were you going to say, Sam? Yeah, like we certainly do miss the good old days of, like back in when Heresy came out and it was like Matt Kane. Yeah. Andy Wardle. Their studio was... painters in with photos taken in studios, you know, on terrain, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. Now they're a lot more 40k bright colors. The funny like, thing is, not... I would argue that the standard for 40k is has been higher than a lot of the Heresy releases yeah. in terms of the studio photos, because even though they're a more vivid color scheme, when you look at like the studio photos, I'm talking about the ones like the release photos. Do you remember when the Red Butchers came out? Yeah. 
and then you compare those <laughs> dancing through the daisies color scheme on those and they fixed them with photoshop in, up until recently they were photoshopped um and then you compare those to what i bet the new world eaters studio army looks like for 40k when that comes out later this year yep i will bet money that the studio army for 40k looks perfect like it will be yeah. flawless and then you reckon they'll do weathering like blood spatter on i mean the world eaters will be red i guess so yeah. it's hard to do blood spatter on them but yeah the photos and models back in the day they were like had yeah. weathering powders and all that kind mm. of thing whereas now they're moving more towards like cleaner whatever gw can sell then yeah it'll be on there which isn't weathering powders and oils and that kind of thing but i also again i think that ties into the the moving it to mainstream when you look at the have you watched any of the videos of how to paint the legions over the last couple of weeks i have been yeah i like i watched the ultramarine one um i watched the you watch the ones that you're interested yeah. in that you might paint yourself yeah all of those um when you get to the basing section almost all of them talk about flecking the color up onto the bottom of the greaves of the legs to make it look mm -hmm. like they're walking through the dirt yeah. now from a new hobbyist standpoint that makes total sense but for yep. the long-term veterans you go well why would i do that when i've got weathering powders and isopropyl alcohols and stuff to make my own washes and yeah you know so but as we, sam said they can't sell that no and that's what i mean is they're not it, selling isopropyl alcohol but that's, are they? but that's my point is that they're doing it the this the change in style is actually part of it becoming mainstream it's one of the it's one of the side steps that you're going to... Is it part of becoming mainstream or is it part of how can we make more money? Of course it is. It's a business. <laughs> but that's, that's not the same thing. But it is for them and their, their supply line. As far as they're concerned, they can't sell isopropyl alcohol in store to make your own washes and make your own weathering powder mixes and that sort of thing. Although, I don't know. If they can charge $25 for a... <laughs> Gosh darn bookmark that I reckon they can relabel some isopropyl alcohol. I think it's 26. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why they can't. Well, can't they put it like isopropyl, whatever it is, yeah, in yeah. a paint pot? Yeah, and charge eleven dollars for twenty-five mil when you can go buy. No, see, there's a you lot of probably couldn't because if, if you opened it up, it would actually evaporate. There's, so. <laughs> there's also regulations about supply of alcohol to miners. No, there's not. You can buy isopropyl alcohol from Coles. I would love to see a five-year-old or a ten-year-old kid go and try and buy isopropyl alcohol. I'd like to see a five-year-old go and buy isopropyl alcohol in a games workshop store. What kind of five-year-old? Twelve-year-old then. I like to see a ten-year-old be able to afford this game at all. Live in Peppy Grove with your parents; you'll be fine. Anyway, I think part of it is like Games Workshop are not looking at the Australian market; they're looking at the global market, and they've gone: Is it in our best interest to sell these things globally? No, we don't make enough money, or it's going to cost us too much. But it's a step. Yeah. Of, it's a sidestep from it being around the hobby to it being around the it's market. An well, it's an accessible hobby. Like I'm, I'm talking about it from an accessibility point of view. Yeah, but accessibility, like anybody can go to a chemist or a pharmacy, depending on where you are in the world, and buy isopropyl alcohol. Anybody can go yeah, out into your back garden and get sand. But games want want you to go into their store. I know, and that's what I'm saying. It's <laughs> not about accessibility. It's about market. It's about accessibility yeah. in store. It's about them selling something in <laughs> yeah, store. I'm That's agreeing. not accessibility. It is. I disagree. Anywho. <laughs> <laughs> I 
think how about them ultramarines? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is this is what happens when we start talking about tournaments and stuff when we're not on the air. It's we go back and forth like this for hours. So uh, Gilliman had some significant changes come through as well, and he did. You were a little bit upset at one point there because he didn't suddenly become the killer duelist that the old rules had for him. But he does have some cool new stuff. So he does. I I think his rules are quite good. He's I mean, all the Primarchs have gone up in... Their attacks have gone up quite a bit. Um, I think Gilliman used to have three, but he'd get four with his extra weapons. I feel like now the, the Primarchs now are... They're now... Like, you read the stories where they fight entire squads by themselves. Now, most of them feel like they could go toe-to-toe with a squad by themselves. Yeah. And they all... They all got their own unique sort of swing. Like if you look at Gilliman, he hands out extra rules, and the longer he's in combat with characters, the better he gets because he starts building his own rerolls in because yep. he learns how you fight. Yeah, and I feel it is done better this time, where because before his, his weapon skill went up, yeah. Now he rerolls ones, I believe. Yeah. So with the changes in the like to hit weapon table, um that's probably better than... Well, it's a tricky one. I mean, reeling once a hit is good in the first round, but extra weapon skill after the second round probably would have been better. But he, but the reroll ones is a net... I think it probably ends up as a net zero, but it's easier to manage because yeah. you're yeah. not going, what weapon skill am I in this round? What with the third round? Okay, I'm, I think I'm weapon skill 10 now. Yep. Um, <laughs> not that many things survived three rounds of combat with Gilliman unless they were Horus or... You know, something yeah. something equally super powerful. I'm just going to sidestep yeah. and ask um, some really basic questions because I've realised I'm totally out of touch with um, heresy. So <laughs> heresy works with points, not power. Yes. Um, yes. That wasn't a question. The question's coming. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's scary. Like at, the end of, at the end of the sentence, come on. <laughs> so um, what kind of points levels are you playing with for... I mean, is there standard games? But, you know, so what kind of points levels are you looking at? Yeah, most games we play at uh, 2,500 points. Okay. Two two to three seems like the the typical game that I see online or only in Perth. Somewhere between two and 3,000. The, ev- the yeah. event I'm going to run in November, I'm just going to try and aim for four. Okay. And Because yep. it doesn't feel like you actually add much more... It just means so that the bigger, toys, the bigger toys, the bigger toys, yeah, come your, to- your toys get bigger and things kill stuff faster. So I think the Albany Warhammer camp in twenty, maybe eighteen, mm-hmm. we did we did thirty five hundred points. Yeah, and we yeah. didn't notice a difference in time. And so that was my next question. Roughly, how long are your games? Well, we get three in a day at an event. So three, three and a half hours. Three, I think. Like generally, three, do three eight sounds till right. eight till eleven, twelve um, till three, or even eight thirty till eleven thirty lunch. Then twelve till three, three Afternoon till six. Break. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I three hours is. I mean, I can depending who I'm playing. If you know you both switched on and stuff, you can knock out a three thousand point game in two and a half hours easy enough. The interesting part about it, and you and I were talking about this yesterday, is I can't see anything in the core rules, at least, that talks about this is the table size we recommend. Mm. This is, like, 
there are six core missions and six core deployments, which gives you obviously thirty six possible combinations for a mission. Um, and look, but I can not... see why because it's not necessarily geared towards playing in no um, competitive play. Yeah, but at the same time. It's surprising that there's not something that says standard table we re- size well, that's it. They for used to this have... amount of points would be this. You know, if you go to this points, then you'd be going to a bigger table. Well, I remember or... it going like four by four, six by four, yeah. four by eight. Six by eight. You know, they, they kind of had a rough guide, yeah. which I couldn't find in this book. It doesn't mean it's not there. It just means it's a freaking massive book and I haven't found it yet. <laughs> um, and you normally play on six by fours? Yeah. Yeah, so that hasn't changed. We still use, you know, battle mats from whoever. Yeah. yeah. Prominent gaming, blah, blah, blah. So we haven't had to change anything with that. Uh, I'm very That's glad. I didn't, nice. I'm glad I didn't get rid of those six by fours. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, things like, changes like that were a surprise, I think. And I'm glad we've, ours has kind of just stayed the same. I'm wondering how long that will stay, whether it will stay the same. Well, Tulsa are releasing Battlezone Isvan, I guess. Yeah. And that was like, <laughs> like you seemed quite surprised yesterday when I said the, the whole reason that changed was purely driven by the what starter boxes box. and what fits in the starter box. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we haven't, we haven't seen. I a feel st- like Heresy Games are too big to start shrinking the table. Well, that, and that that was kind of leads into the other conversation we were having yesterday about what does a starter box look like once this Age of Darkness book, uh, once this Age of Darkness box. Either like is this a standard line now? And I, they've they've hinted that basically for the foreseeable future it is a standard line. Yep. But at the same time, do we see a cut down version come out at some point where they ditch the ditch the the Terminators, ditch the Spartan? You know, like to, how do you cut this box yeah. down to make it manageable for something that's two hundred and fifty bucks? I don't know. Yeah, you can, but but yeah, but still price it well enough that you know, like, well, that's. Not but, worth it. I'll just get the big one. Yeah, mm. and and sell the Spartan because everyone's gonna. You won't have a hard time selling a Spartan to anyone. No, like I, I think you'll see these start showing up online for the sort of one fifty ish range, like yep. one hundred one hundred and fifty bucks, something in that, where people buy the box and break it up. I think that's where the market will end up on them. And so if they release yep. it at two hundred and ten, like the Kratos, like they're never going to sell one on the shelf because. It's going to be too easy to access them. Yeah. Well, it's easy to buy the box and sell all your tacticals and your contemptor and mm. and the rule book and then just mm. keep parts of it. And the characters. Ugh. No one's <laughs> going to buy the characters. So circling back to Ultramarines, anything else in there that excited you? Yeah. The, um, the big changes to most of the elite combat units have uh, changed quite a bit. AP2. So, well, we're already quite good for all the legions, like just Aaron, Suzerain, you know, um, all that kind of thing. They've all gotten better again. So, Suzerain have gone... I think the points are roughly the One, same. I think they've actually got a point decrease. 175. 175, I think, for the Suzerain unit. Yeah, yeah I've got my... Keep going, Emma. Uh, well, She's flicking What's pages. <laughs> um, hang on, if I just... In my Quartermaster app. Is that the Invicta that you've got there? Invicta yeah. Suzerain? Yeah. So yeah, what's the top so points value? 
on the very top of the page. 175. 175? Oh, yeah. The yeah. one that's in the big, the bold The very big, bold letter. line. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. that one. Spotted it now. And then, so, I mean, they've gone down 25 points per, uh, for the squad at the start. And then these are... Um, so, further down the entry, Emma, there should be a increase up to five models and a points cost per model. 30. Yeah. So, they used to be 25 each. So, they've gone... So, the extra the models are now... gone one. up... Well, oh, sorry, the squad's, squad's gone, gone down, down but, the, but then each her model has gone, gone up. up. Yeah. So the net result for a squad of 10 is probably going to be within 10 or 15 points of itself. Yeah. Well, but the models themselves, the stat line They've come down by 25, did you say, Sam? Yeah. Yeah, so if you add an additional five, then it's The net result is the zero. same. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, they... Pretty much all elite troops have gained an extra wound now. Mm. Yeah, the um, Suzer in a two wounds each. Most of them have, most of them have got an extra attack. Um, like, so the Suzerain have gone down 25 points, gained an extra wound each, gained an extra attack each, gained a better invulnerable save from their... Fancy boarding uh, shield. shields. Yep. Yeah. Um, their axes have stayed at AP2, but they have lost their automatic wound on a six to hit, I believe. But they're not unwieldy anymore, are they? They never were. Weren't they? No. They were one of the, I think, two Legion units in the game that had... AP that wasn't unwieldy. Oh, okay. Which led to a quite a bit of hate bitterness from <laughs> other legions. <laughs> I mean, as a, I've always thought Ultramarines because their background is space Romans. Having your elite unit with axes always bothered me a little bit. I don't know. Um, I, th- I like the idea of the, that sort of the legate axe. Like, um, I, I know you're obviously thinking about the sort of the Gladius and the Spartha and those sorts of yeah, um, Roman blades, but I keep thinking back to the phalanxes where they use those axes to break other phalanxes, which is yeah. what, what the Caesarian feel like to me. Yeah, like, to the point where I did think about using the the other, like, breaching shields that, that came with Gladiuses and using them as Caesarian. Oh, okay. But... Then if I ever wanted to run the breaches, then they look the same. So, <laughs> well, here's the next one. So there's uh, the two pages you've got there, Emma. One's the Ces- the Invictus Caesarian. What's yep. the other unit on the other page? That's the breacher squad. Yeah. So what are they actually called? The They're not just breaches. The Praetorians. Praetorian. So yeah. Sam asked me this question. He's a filthy, dirty power gamer. He said to me, "Why would I ever take <laughs> the Praetorians fair. when the Caesarian are there?" Now I believe they're both elite choices. The little symbol in the top corner of them is yeah, a little. Yeah, they're both elites. Yep. When you compare the profiles, they've both got boarding shields, except the Invictors have just got better versions of the shield. Mm-hmm. Yep. The Invictors have axes that are better than the power swords the other squad have. The Invictors are two plus armor compared to the Praetorians three plus armor. Mm-hmm. The Invictors are two wounds with three attacks compared to. One wound and one attack. Two wounds, two attacks. No, two wounds, one attack on the breaches. That's what I just said, wasn't it? Yeah, two. No, bre- breaches are two wounds, one attack. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought they were one wound. Um, so they then, also have one less leadership. Yep. Yeah. So you're paying um, what is it, forty <coughs> points difference? Yeah. yeah. And you're getting more attacks with a better save with you're a not better and more attacks. You are. Yeah. Yeah, Suzerain have three attacks. Suzerain have three attacks. The A characteristic. 
Oh, yeah, I know that it's the A characteristic. I just <laughs> I don't know why, for some reason, I saw that. Were you wrong. looking at the, the sergeant? The, the sergeant has two, yeah. Mm. Um, so you're paying 40 more points, but you're getting more attacks with a better saving throw, with a better invulnerable, with a better weapon, less likely to run away. And like the dedicated transport's the same. The like there, the, there are a few the little options for the breaches that are different, but yeah, but, but not, not significantly like, not not significant enough for a forty point discrepancy. Like the Caesarean feel too cheap. If the if the breaches if the Praetorians are what uh, if they're meant to be that points of what you're getting, mm. the Caesarean feel like they should be like two oh five in comparison. Yeah. I think the the biggest problem is when these the rules for the Praetorians came out originally, they didn't have their own unit choice. It was a upgrade to a breacher squad. Oh, okay. And 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 you paid five points to give them a power sword instead of a bolt gun, and that was it. Besides that, they're a tactical squad, a troops choice that you could give them power. Oh, swords. they were literally just a breacher unit with power swords. Yep. Oh, okay. And that made sense. And if these ones were a troops choice still then you could totally justify the cost because you're like, yep, cool. Now they're, they're a troop, yeah, rather than an elite. Yeah. So, I mean, I probably if they had stayed troops, I probably would have made some decision. It was just funny but, when it's just funny when you, you handed me the book and said, right, tell me why I'd ever take these. And I went, oh, that's that's one of those power gamey. <laughs> oh, it is. And I mean, I've said it to the guys in the, like, the local group chat because yeah. I've said, someone needs to tell me why you would do this. No, no, because they look cool. They do, but so does his rank. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you can get an and extra now, model. You can. You can buy the upgrade set that comes with the shields and the swords. But axes. Yeah, the other... So, yeah, because, because of this discussion that I've had with you and many people now, I'll probably never run the Praetorians, so I'm at that point where I might just buy the upgrade pack and make my suzerain have swords and that's it that, that, that actually tips back into the heresy hobby side of things where if you rock up with units of caesarean with swords and you go hey man all my caesareans this is my caesarean squads they can only have axes but i, I like the the gladius style weapon better no one's going to bat an eyelid yeah um, and we've kind of seen a few of the locals for 40k start mellowing to that idea where when you don't have a choice, the modelling becomes less important in terms of WYSIWYG. Um, yeah. And I really like the fact that you can kind of get away with that in Heresy that little bit more because the goal is different for the game. Yeah. Same with like the Paragon Blade. Like it's always been called a Paragon Blade, but the, like the description of it is straight away it can be anything it can be a mace it can be this it yeah. can be that it can be a chain so, weapon yeah so if you play you know salamanders who are all about bonking people in the head with giant hammers you totally have a paragon bonk <laughs> but, <laughs> it, <laughs> but it uses the same rules as the paragon blade and no one ever thinks like oh but it's blade in the word yeah no, and, it, and it's, it's the same with going world eaters with a giant chain axe that's yeah. a paragon blade or um, a world a word bearer with a giant maul, same situation. Yep. So yeah, it's again, it's about the emotion and the narrative side for the heresy players. Although, like as long as your army looks like it, you think it should do, then people aren't as stressed about 
Bunch I'm, of holes. I'm assuming that the same rules have to apply, that yes, it has to look the way that you think that it should, but at the same time, your opponent needs to be able to know what each unit is. Yeah, I mean, it has to make sense. You're not going to have, you can't say... My cesarean are say Terminators. Like that's, that's part of 10 guys with, oh, I prefer the look of plasma guns. But well, they have bot guns. Well, even to the point of going, well, I want to use the um, the breacher squad for um, the Invicta. The Invicta. Mm. You can't do that, but then have um, have a breacher squad on there at the same time. No. Oh, uh, yeah, that would obviously yeah. That would cause issues. Yeah. Yeah. So if I wanted Praetorians and the suzerain, then I yes, I'd have to use the standard suzerain. Yeah. But even but again, I mean, their shields are different. Their models are quite a bit different. I think, that, I think I'll, that, that I'll probably use the suzerain models and then put different arms on them. Mm. And that's because part of the they have their contract. cool winged helmets and all that kind of thing. Yeah, it's it's all about that social bond and agreement before the game. Mm. I'm not trying to skim the game. I'm not trying to be a jerk. I just like them this way. Yeah, it's like you were saying when I um because I put the chain bayonets on my tactical marines, and then realised the terror squads for the night lords can't actually put the chain bayonets on their bolters, and I went, yeah. oh well, they're they're a tactical squad. I one of them is a terror squad, can't do it. Oh well, mm. sucks. And Sam went, I just count them as chain axes. No one will care. And I went, yeah. Mm, I will care. I mean- <laughs> And that's the reason I won't. But that's because that's not what I want out of the, the that hobby aspect of it. Mm. And it's important to me that it looks the way it looks so that there's a choice, like it's an active choice there. But that's, well, but that's on me. That's not on anyone else. Yeah. Well, the problem, not the problem, an issue that I'm seeing come up for me is the, like because chain blades are in the new box and they're all like really cool and stuff. The Mark Fours and Threes, when you bought those box sets, they didn't have chain blades. They had no, they didn't, did they? They had combat knives for the Mark Fours, and they had they did have sheathed chain swords for the Mark Threes. Oh, you're but, right. But how do we model it now? Like, do you go and buy the four drawer upgrade set for boss bolt guns? Throw away your plastic ones and put the resin ones on. The good part is with this big box, the Mark Fives, oh, sorry, the Mark Sixes come with the chain bayonets on sprue, but the upgrade sprue for the Sergeant also includes ten standard bayonets. And it'd be really interesting. Do you well, I don't know. Yeah, I was about to say fit. it's maybe something we've actually got Mark Three and Mark Four Marines here. That might be something I have to test and get some photos of in the next week or two before everyone gets hold of their boxes so we can do the we can and do the testing for you. List. Yeah. But I mean but you can't really go around clipping chain bays off um your Mark Six brews because well either you're gonna probably want them for your Mark Six guys or you're gonna sell your Mark Six guys and you're like, oh yeah, buy these ones that don't come with the weapon you're probably gonna give them. See I will admit So we I... so we need another another option. Another option. I glued those chain chain bayonets on without actually looking at the rules. I just went, I want a chainsaw Seriously, on the Seriously, have you not learned? No, I just wanted the chainsaw no, on the bottom haven't. of my gun. <laughs> like, He's made the right choice. You definitely want to take chain blades. I just, I just wanted a guns. chainsaw on the bottom of my gun. <laughs> so, because that goes As someone who's played Gears of War on my Xbox, you definitely want a chain blade on your, on your gun. 
And while I'm not debating that, I do think me, that yes. <laughs> after 30 years of playing this game, you would have learned to read the damn rules first. No, I, just... no, I know you haven't. <laughs> <laughs> the good thing is, that, again, like, you can always just say, again, like, I do it with my Blood Angels. You know, I've got the combat swords ready to be glued onto their back or their leg or whatever. But you just say, if they're all the same, my three tactical squads have chain blades. Mm. And your opponent goes, okay. And that's the thing. I think that comes back to consistency, where if you've got all of them modelled with chain blades and you go, this squad has them, but these two don't, yeah, that's the issue. Yeah. I mean, in saying that, four feet away, can you really see if the thing on the end of the gun? I don't know. Emma's eyes aren't very good. Yeah, from here, definitely. No, I can't even see they've got a gun, to be honest. <laughs> you hold space for you? She's about five feet away. I can see that they've got paler shoulder pads, but otherwise I'm out. <laughs> it's because they're the four-chord ones. <laughs> and when you spray them all black, you're like, uh-oh. That's it. And then I'm stuffed. <laughs> Little black blobs. So, I mean, it's things like that that'll, you know, we'll see upgrade. Well, I mean, they already sell the upgrade guns, brews and stuff from Forge World. But when you can buy them in plastic and they don't come with weapon options now, what do you do? I think it's probably a very good point and it's one that you'll probably see them rectify at some point down the road. Um, and they may have already done it. They might have, like, we might be surprised when they release the Mark Four or the Mark Three, the 20-man boxes, and you might find an upgrade there. Who knows? Um, I don't think it's likely, but... Yeah, I don't think they've it's changed that possible. box at all. They've just reboxed it with more models and be like, yep, cool, here's that. I don't know. Like, It's an opportunity where Games Workshop have had this habit, particularly lately, in the last five years or so, where if you can't do it, like if you, if you want to have the rules for it, you have to have a model for it. Mm. And they might just turn around and go, yeah, you know what? We can, we can chuck a sprue in with the bayonets and just walk away from it. Or they might, on the other hand, just turn around and go, oh, we don't care because the Mark Sixes have it. So that that fulfills our criteria. It's a bit I, hard I to... I feel th- like the issue is because they put the chain blades on the new models and they said, yep, if you pay your points, you get this bayonet or that bayonet. They've taken the choice away to give your tactical squads extra close combat weapons. Yeah. Which is why you gave, you stuck your sword or your chain blade on the back of your Mark Threes. Yeah, so the, the, now the they, they include a choice that you can't use and they've added a unit, a choice that the model doesn't come with. I don't know. I think that if you rocked up with Mark Threes with all those chain blades strapped to their backs, because they were the holstered ones that sat under the backpacks, weren't they? Yeah. If you rocked up and said to me, hey, man, I got... Oh, totally. Like, I don't know anyone who'd go, no, you can't do that. Like, I do. <laughs> they're, not, they're not the ones which, who are going to be playing heresy. Um, which, I guess, which I guess is a problem, though, because... If you don't want to pay, like, then the Mark IVs only come with the combat sword. If you, you know, you're like, oh, I know it's a sword, but it's actually a chain blade. You're like, people would be like, yeah, that's fine. But it's, as if you're a diehard model, you'd be like, well, I'm paying points for a chain weapon. He's only got a pointy stick. <laughs> <laughs> it's the katana versus the chainsaw. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, again, I've... I don't think you'll ever have a problem, certainly not in Perth, if you say that is this. People are, yeah, cool, that's fine. And that's probably something to think about as well. Are you just going to be playing with friends in your garage? Are you just going to be playing with friends at Perth events? Or 
do you want to travel and go and play interstate or yeah. overseas? And if you want to play <clears throat> interstate or overseas, then... WYSIWYG is the safest for those. Yeah, yeah 100%. Because you can't... I, I, I still think you'd be fine in the Australian scene. I think you Over, probably uh, in, would the, be. in the states you probably might have a problem. Mm. If they're having competitive events, then it might be different. But I also think that if you say, for example, someone went, "I'm going to go and play one of the narrative events in Sydney," and mm-hmm. you took your army and jumped on a plane and flew to Sydney and just rocked up one day. If you one day. <laughs> if you went over with an army that was WYSIWYG, as in, if they have chain blades, they have chain blades. If they, you know, whatever it is. I think mm-hmm. that sets a good etiquette standard because you're new into their scene and their expectations. So yeah. having never met them before, having never been involved in an event before and not understanding what they would expect out of a hobbyist and what their own standards are. If you go in, Just quote unquote, it. perfect, mm-hmm. then when someone goes, oh man, like this is what I'm doing. I've got their bayonets on their backs. Yep. You can go, cool. Like yeah. now I know, like if we come back, or you can then pass that on to others who might go in the future. It's, or you get those relationships before you go over there and yeah. find out what the expectations are. I know but... plenty of people who just book the flights and go without thinking about that stuff, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, anything else around... Um, anything else about your ultramarines that you want to talk about? I'm looking forward to painting them because I, my Blood Angel army, for example, I got commission painted because... I'm not the best painter in the world. So my, because it's such a hobby side and it's all about that narrative, I would rather my army look good than struggle through it myself. But this time, well, I can't afford to get it painted, but I'm going <laughs> to the effort to, uh, to get it done myself this time. So I'm looking forward to that experience again. I haven't painted a full army in years. So I got a new airbrush a couple of years ago and I still haven't used it. So... I'm looking forward to giving it a whirl. And have you worked out how you're going to paint them? Not yet. (laughs) (laughs) Blue. There will be shades of blue. And white. I think we decided there was going to be more white on them this time, wasn't there? Yeah. I'm also going to... I used a fair bit of marble effect on my Titanicus. Yeah. um, Which I'm going to use on the Ultramarines because they use that quite well. Cool. So, yeah, it's... uh, I'm... It's been tricky waiting for the rules because the hype train has definitely taken off wanting to get started, but without a rule book to think like, do I want this gun or do I want that? Yeah. I just haven't even made a start. Yeah. I mean, that's also me being lazy. Like, you're always going to need a tactical squad, right? I could have painted 30 of them by now, but... Yeah, but, yeah, no, you... but you never know what... They could have made all sorts of changes. You couldn't risk it, Sam. <laughs> I know. So now I've got... I've, and, I mean, the kicker is I'm getting these marks. I wasn't going to get the big box. I was going to wait for the rule book. But now I'm like, no, nah, I'll I'll get that because it's got most of the stuff I want. So now I'm at that choice. Do I Achoo. add Mark 6 Marines to my 50 Mark 4s or do I that... sell the Mark 6 and blah, blah, blah. There's a blue and white Spartan in the Ultramarines colours. Emma's got the colour page. The tank. It looks fantastic. It's so good mm. in blue and white. It looks great. Yeah. And that's um, got a lot of marble on it, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I'm just looking at the side yeah. of it, how you paint it, man. That's all masking. You know, that's yeah, I, the the pieces yeah. for it are not going to be able to be painted separately. That's going to be masked mm-hmm. off. Well, I was wondering, you can actually. I know Anthony Ellison when he was doing my Black Templars years ago. He found that paint you can 
paint on and yeah, then you the peel off. off. It's like yeah. paint masking tape. Yep. So come come see I me. I'll hook you up. To... Yeah. Okay. I might to try that because for those big panels, you know, I, it's hard to tape those lines. Yeah. I use liquid mask for a lot of my Eldar stuff, and it's another one that'll feature for use in these because it's really really handy for getting exactly the shapes you need. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Come see me, and I'll help you out. All right. Sounds good. Well, since we've rambled for an hour and a 40 minutes and <laughs> we haven't really gone the way I thought we would, but you know what? That's okay. That's we've, covered, we've covered lots of cool stuff and had a, a good conversation around heresy. And you and I have had an argument, so we can call yeah, it a Yeah, that, that kind of covers the usual process, so that's good. <laughs> um, I'm really looking forward to playing some heresy with you again because it's been a long oh, time. Too, Don't look at me and say that. I'm just letting you know that I'm going to go and play Sam or Sam's going to come oh, here and okay. play I here. I thought you meant that you wanted no, to no, play. No, 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 no. No, no, no. No, no, Sam's, Sam's going to come here and play games. I'm going to go to his and play games. Okay. okay. Just so we're all on the same page. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, um, I've been I've been playing a lot more Titanic and stuff in the last couple of years. The I've had, I'll, be, I'll be honest, the heresy for me has been hard because I've been playing other game systems. I've had a trouble with that I go, you go system, which... Moving into the rules discussion, the um, reactions, I think, are going to be really good because it yeah, gives you agreed. a chance to interact in your opponent's turn when mm. you don't get that at the moment. Um, like Titanicus, bolt action, you're alternating. It's always back and forth. Whereas you could sit there and watch someone do their turn for 40 minutes in heresy and 40k, I guess. 40k's um, got a little bit of back and forth now. Yeah, with its yeah command points and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay, exactly. So the way the games are going now is you don't get those long periods of where you just sit there and, oh, you killed that? All right, take my models away. Oh, you killed that too? I'll take my models away. <laughs> and See, then, oh, now it's my turn. You can go to the toilet. Yeah, yeah while I move and You shoot. go to the bar while I have my turn, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. No, I think I'm excited for the new rule system. Um, when the... Whether we want to talk about it. when the leaked rules came out, I drove to Albany about two days later and I spent three hours reading the rule book from front to back. And by the end of the, and I was live streaming my finds into the local 30k group. Mm. And, and it was, I was stoked. Like they've made so many positive changes, at least in my opinion, that I think the game's going to be in a really good place. Do you think people are going to agree with that? According to my my soundboard, the local group, mm-hmm. yes, mm. it's sounding quite positive. There are some people that aren't as big a fan, but for the most part, there is our group is more active in the last three weeks than it has been in the last three years. That's super, yeah. that's super exciting, and I um, always want to focus on the positive, but I'm wondering the people yeah. who have concerns about it what are their concerns mm-hmm. that the game's changing too much oh yeah okay yeah yeah that, that like you know at the end of the day we've enjoyed the rule system we've had for 10 years mm. you know why does it need such a big change yeah fair enough so but yeah i mean in saying that, and change some is people scary said they, change is change is scary but for me with my the issues i've had in the game it looks like they are addressing a lot of them. So, well, I haven't talked to Emma about it, but I suggested it to you that we might do a live sort of Q and A session with the books for the local mm-hmm. community, so that you know 
if you haven't seen any of the leaked stuff that's been going around online or you want to confirm what you have seen is actual or has been changed, then there's an opportunity for some of those questions to be aired and with the actual books in hand before you go out and buy your, your box in a couple of weeks' time. So yep. keep an eye on out on the Obsec page for that schedule so you can ask us questions because we will answer them live on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that'd be cool. Otherwise, though, why don't we call it here mm-hmm. and we'll get He's Sam... looking at me so I stop asking questions. And we'll get <laughs> Sam back in... I don't know, a couple of months once he's had a chance to build this horrible, awesome plastic Spartan. Do you know it's a lot easier to build if you don't want to paint the inside of it that you yeah, never look at anyway? I have actually took, I took the, taken that on board and if you have a look, I've got a tank. Have you glued it shut? No, it's not glued shut. I'm baby steps. <laughs> Mine will be. Mine is totally glued shut. <laughs> but I've got the heavy bolters on the top. I've got the, the bolt guns on the top. I've got the, the sponsons on... I've just got to put the tracks on and I'm trying to decide whether I put those on now or I paint them separately. Paint them separately. But then I can't yeah, use plastic glue. Mm. Oh, well. So just I'm not gluing use, it so you'll be fine. I use, super, I use super glue on plastic, so I just use that. I'm not allowed to use super glue on no, anything. No, she's not. <laughs> she would have handled her face last time. I wish I was joking. Um, I was talking to a guy the other day who got super glue in his eye. That was fun. Oh, see, that I've scares that. me. Mm. Yeah, I've, done yeah that. I've, I've never, I've never had super glue in my. Eye. I got a two-part epoxy in my. Eye where oh Jesus! Was, <laughs> yeah, that was not great. <laughs> I've never had any of them in touch wood. I don't want to say it out loud, but you know my eyes have been safe, and that does freak me out. But yeah, I've glued my lips together. I've glued my hand to, <laughs> I've glued my hand to my face. I've glued my hand to the thing that I'm gluing. I've glued my hand to the table because I didn't realise there was still glue on it, and then didn't move my hand for ten seconds, and all of a sudden thing i was gluing fell apart but my hands now stuck to the sodding table so I've, you know i've glued myself to myself a few times oh. when i've been building contemptors uh, because the new plastic will be good for this like just trying to get the posability right is you'd need a third hand mm. so it's a shame i feel like it's going to get a lot it? easier now well lock, lock yeah. built it with only two hands so I, I need a servo arm like the, the <laughs> one. i've been all my Issues would have been gone, but did you just put a combi bolt on the top of your Spartan? Mark? I have I have three different because, uh, and we sort of talked about this in the first part of this episode. But basically, the vehicle upgrade sprue that comes with a Spartan comes with three or four different hatches and all of the options for all the different sponsons. Plus, it also gives you the like the dozer blades and that sort of stuff. So I have. <coughs> I have a Havoc launcher built that mounts up to the top. I've got a combi bolter that goes on the top, and then I've got a pintle-mounted multi-melter that I can put on the top. And because they just drop in, there's no magnets or anything, they literally just slot in. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought about putting a multi-melter on it because the rules for the weapons are all changing and stuff. You can about how many guns you can shoot. Yeah. And so I'm I've hedged my bets and just gone. Yeah, the combi bolters is just a nice safe, and I like the look of the double the double barrel at the top. Um, the Havoc Launcher is, again, just because it looks cool and it uses mm-hmm. a separate part, so there's no loss there. And then it was... I've got a, a closed hatch built and then the pintle mount attaches to the closed hatch. has so, to be a closed hatch because he hasn't painted the inside. I don't want to put the silly crewman on top. <laughs> I really hey, hate... That, hey, that Mark II crewman is a sign of things he's to Mark come. Three, he's Mark III. He's no. Mark III. He's Mark III. He's Mark III. Sure I'm going to say I'm it sure again. He's Mark... <laughs> Freaking three. Pretty sure it's two. No, piss off. 
I've had this Pretty argument with two. my son. It's a three. Pretty Shut sure up, two. you. No, go to it's bed. It's the first sign of plastic mark two. Go to Don't bed. Away from us. Lachlan's saying it's, it's mark two. He's just mark running three. the room and he's going, it's mark two, it's mark two. He hasn't. <laughs> his helmet, the neck can move. It's mark three. The mark two had a solid neck that attached the helmet to the chest. You'd make a pretty bad tank commander if you couldn't turn your head. Exactly. That's why it's a Mark III. He's saying they retcon that. They did not retcon that. <laughs> go to bed. Cool. <laughs> oh, I thought Mark was telling me to go to bed. Yeah, no, he's telling Lachlan to go to bed. You can go to bed as well if you want, Sam. <laughs> I, I do like the idea that you can have two heavy flamers. I was going to say, I do like the idea of sleep, actually. Now you mention it, I'm off. <laughs> yeah, this is the latest I've been awake for a while. <laughs> No, they they do give you all the bits and pieces for that, which is really nice. And the um the tank crew you get on that sprue, there are also extra parts in the Spartan kit scattered around the Mark Two crew, the Mark Three crew. <laughs> um, and then on the Las Cannon, the the quad Las Cannon sprues, they really threw me because they give you parts to build them as a twin Las, not a quad Las. And I almost screwed up because I went, oh, I clearly need to cut that bit off the frame and then looked at it and went, where does that go? <laughs> and then dry fit it and went, oh, I can make twin. Why would I ever need? Oh, this is a sprue. This sprue is being used in another kit. Dry fitting. Look at you go. I don't dry fit anything. I just glue it together and hope for the best. This is why you're super glue. Because <laughs> <laughs> when you screw it up, you put it in the freezer. Um, no, I. this Spartan has taken significant amount of time to get to a point where it's actually sat here on the table mm. because it is one of the more complicated kits because of the way it goes together. So the Mark V, a- piece of cake, the characters, piece of cake, the Contemptor, not so easy. The the Spartan is not for the faint. Like, you want to take your time with it. You want to actually Did follow this- it step by step. Here's a question for the Spartan. The top turret where the heavy bolter is or the last cannons, Yeah, does it come with the heavy flamer options over there as yes. well? Yes. <laughs> hey. So I built the the Laz cannons, the flamers, and the heavy bolters, and with the intent of magnetizing them. And I think that if I was a less lazy person, I could easily have done that. But the more I thought about it, particularly with heresy in mind, with that flame template, there didn't seem a lot of point in putting a f- the heavy flamers on the top because you lose those two and a half inches of flame template to your own hull. Um, so you're not really hitting anything with it because it's just too short. Yeah, um, but two heavy flamers would be so cool, though. It would be cool, but <laughs> at the same time, I went. You know what? Let's go classic. Let's build the you know the the classic twin heavy bolter quad las, like you know yeah. the the stand the quote unquote standard Spartan for the first one. And now that I've built the first one, I'm not having nightmares about trying to build a second. Like I feel like now that I've gone through it once, it's as, been hours. Yeah, but I've. This, trust me I thought about this a lot and I because there was one point yesterday where I was thinking about buying two more of them um, I'm seriously thinking about getting at least a second it doesn't feel insurmountable like when I first started building this there was a moment where I was just looking at the instructions going are you freaking kidding me there were so many little fiddly parts and mm. all the rest of it yeah the things you were showing me yesterday kind of scared me um, whereas now that it's here and in- intact and it has, has actually snap fit together and it's not falling apart. <laughs> like, it's all sat here intact. <laughs> um, it doesn't scare me to build another. So, I'm looking forward to the Kratos. That's the next yeah, I'm one. Yeah, I'm going to have to get one of them. That's a cool-looking tank. It is. It's a super cool-looking tank. 
Okay, you get both. Guys both suck at wrapping up. The, I hope it comes with all the weapon choices in the box. Yes, not that'd be very nice wrestlers. as well. I'm look. Uh, Games Workshop have gotten into that habit recently of giving you everything you need. So I'm really hopeful that that is the case. Well, I'm used to the the Forge World Saber that came out that didn't come with any guns at all. <laughs> it came with the hull, and then it's an optional choice, which like gun you pay. Oh more. Jesus. I mean, they did that for a while with a lot of the things, didn't they? So you got a torso and had to pay extra for Yeah, for the arms. And, and, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's how the contemptors have worked forever. Yeah, you buy the, and the you Leviathan buy the body and, and then you, the Derrida yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I don't oh, see them plastic, changing anytime soon. A plastic de Derrida, that'd be interesting. Anyway, we have gone off topic. Anyway. Mm. Sam, we'll have you back on in a, a couple of episodes once we've actually been able to put some stuff on the table and play a game. Yep. Um, thanks for joining. Thanks us for joining tonight. us for the ramble. Yeah. Thanks nice for the invite, guys. Really appreciate catching it. Catching up and having a chat. And yep. um, if you want to catch up with Sam, he runs the Perth Western Australian Heresy Group. We'll put a link in the show notes. So if you want to ask to join it and chat to Sam, you can. Um, yep. And I should have checked this before we went on air, so Mike can <laughs> just edit this part out. But are you still ho- um, co-hosting the podcast for Thirty K? No, that one. Uh that one fell by the wayside when I stopped playing Harris as much. Jackie is a regular sense, <laughs> on another one, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, um, we'll get some links from Sam then on some other podcasts. You can check out for Heresy content and we'll put those in the show notes as well. In the, mean- good. in the meantime, we'll wrap it up and um, we'll be back, Emma and I, to finish the episode in a second. So thanks again to Sam for joining us for this episode. It was really good to catch up with him. We haven't spoken to him in certainly not as often as we should have in recent years. Um, what I really love is that you guys had a whole conversation around how the episode was going to go. And, and then we didn't do it. And all of that, <laughs> except I was busy writing a tender document at the time, so I wasn't part of the conversation. And unfortunately... That meant that we didn't follow no. any of that plan. But you so know poor what? Sam, all prepped for what that conversation was going to be. And I'm like, oh, no, I've got other questions. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It's good because um, we've known Sam a while now. Yeah. And when he came back in and started talking heresy, it was like we'd never sort of left. Like it would just you pick it up. Yeah. And, you know, it was good fun when we flew to Vegas in 2017 and... Um, you know, I'm glad it was him who was grabbed by TSA and not me. Um, and the fact that we're kind of picking right back up from that point is awesome. Mm. And I know he's um, like he was a, a bit cautious, and now that it's here, he's very excited and getting back into it, which is awesome. Yeah, and I'm hoping that we're going to see a strengthening of the community and people, you know, like you who I would say dabbled in it. You know, you were never a committed heresy player, were you? Well, Tim and I did play a lot of heresy, like just one-on-one with mm. his Death Guard and Ultramarines. Um, but obviously with him being FIFO meant we didn't play as often as I would have liked. Yeah. And no one else in my regular gaming group at the time was a regular heresy player either. Mm. So for me, it was some cool models and some cool opportunities to do some like conversions, but it wasn't ever anything serious. Mm. But I guess that I'm what I'm hoping is that people who, you know, perhaps 
shifted away from it, whether it was because they'd only dabbled in it or the people who they played with stopped playing or whether it was that they were playing ninth edition and so trying to play ninth edition while also holding on to and remembering seventh edition was too confusing or, you know, whatever that reason might have been. Now they're going to look at it and go, well, this has actually been relaunched as its own game system with its own rule system. I'm excited to go back and see what heresy has to offer now. I still think there's going to be veterans like myself who struggle with it a little bit because... It's similar. It will be, the game system's still there in the back yeah. of my brain in part mm-hmm. and it's still it's still Warhammer. And yeah. Warhammer tends to follow, even Age of Sigma, even though it's not the same, it's probably more dissimilar than the other two. Mm. It still has a very similar feeling in terms of how it plays out. Yeah. And if this were produced by another company with, instead of using weapon skill, use melee. And instead of ballistic skill, use shooting. And like, there's a lot of terminology that crosses over. And that I think is going to be the hindrance for people like me who are left going, what game am I playing again? Because weapon skill in ninth edition is a um, a number with a plus beside it to tell yeah. me what I hit on. But this is a chart. And I remember the chart, but they've changed the chart. So I can't use what's in my brain. I have to use what the new chart says. And the tricky part is when you've got things that you, you know, models that you are playing with in 40K and then you've got different skill levels in a different game system and yeah. like you think, oh, well, I, I know that this has got, you know, whatever I know, it I know how be. this rhino works or I know how this land raider works. So it doesn't work that way anymore, but that means it's susceptible to this, but not this anymore. And I've got to hold on to that. And then I've been playing that and now I'm going into a 40K event and we're... <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, look, it's a good opportunity for players to, to also look at armies that I have no interest in playing Space Marines in 40K. None whatsoever. I did you it. You hide that well. I did it early, like I did a Dark Angels army back in two thousand and three, mm-hmm. and I've played Grey Knights on and off. But the Imperium just isn't me for forty k. Mm. So I'm quite happy to stick to my Xenos, and it's the same with Chaos. My Empress Children army was actually a Chaos Space Marine army in fourth edition forty k before yep. Heresy came out, and then it just happened that Heresy came out and this army worked. Mm-hmm. It was around the time the book Fulgrim was released for the the novels. Um, and it's all converted. There's no forge board in it. It's all plastic. And it's all hand-carved or sculpted or drilled or converted or whatever. And then they released all the conversion kits. And I went, you bastards. Um, but I, at that point, I realized I didn't really play Chaos either. Yeah. And so this is a way for me to embrace parts of the story I really like mm-hmm. and play those marine armies in a way that I connect with, yeah. which is the Heresy series. Now, I will admit the Night Lords that I've decided I wanted to do because I had some conversion kits in the dungeon that I found. Um, have Brand men- new ones, bro. Yeah, they were. I had to cut them off and wash <laughs> them. They were, they were resin. They'd been sat there probably five years. Um, it means, though, that I'm already in my head going, there's a new Chaos Space Marine Codex coming. If I build this the right way, I'm going to be able to use it for 40K and for 30K. And there might be a unit here and there that doesn't cross over. But it means if I buy a 3,000-point heresy army and I have another 500 points of stuff that's 40K exclusive, mm. I get two armies for the price of one. That makes it cheap. No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the best part. If, you are, if you're looking at it going, oh, it's another game system, that's actually where you can do this. You could actually go, okay, cool. I want to play Dark Angels. Mm. Dark Angels, Deathwing, and Ravenwing crossover. Yeah. Um, I want to play Iron Hands or Salamanders. I want to play Empress Children. 
if you build the army carefully and with forward thought, mm-hmm. there's nothing stopping you building it where the core 1,800 to points of the army is both sides yeah. of that coin. Yeah. And then you go, cool, I can't take Palatine Blades in my Empress Children Chaos Space Marine Army. So that unit, but I can just pull that out, and then I can. And, but pop I can take in. possessed marines. Yeah. Oh, cool! I have a unit of possessed in the right colours, a unit of Palatine blades. Yeah. And you could even go one step further and convert the possessed from Palatine blades, so that over the ten thousand years mm-hmm. they've devolved and they've become yeah. these living weapons of possession. So you can even tie it in that way, where you you do have two sides of the same coin. Yeah. And I think that's a great opportunity for modelers and hobbyists as much as it is for people who are looking to save a few dollars mm-hmm. if they want to play both games. So, and I think you'll see that happen with the Mechanicum. I think you'll see that happen with the Imperial Guard versus the Imperial Army. Um, and even the Cultist lists and the Demon Demons is an easy crossover because it's the same models. Yeah, and look, I'm just thinking about a particular player who will probably hear this and know who I'm talking about, but... He sees a new game system and then and he's he's a magpie. You know, he sees yep. a new game system and goes, Oh, shiny, I wanna play that and you know, he put a post up somewhat recently and said, I've seen this. Like, talk to me about it and my response was, Dude, you don't have time to play the games that you've got <laughs> and why are you considering getting into another I knew you were gonna say that. Well, yeah. <laughs> but with this you don't necessarily need to go out and pay $2,000 for a new army because if you've got an army that can cross over, yeah. maybe it's just a few small tweaks to be able to take your 2,000.40k army to a 3,500-point yeah, heresy, heresy army. And if nothing else, I mean, if you've already played Dark Angels or something like that in 40k, it doesn't matter which of the 18 legions you play. If you're playing Salamanders in 40k and you go, oh, now I'll just buy Vulcan. Mm. I'll go and buy Vulcan from that. And even, and it's probably going to hurt some of the more... This particular player that I'm talking about. I know who it is. He's going to struggle because his army is not going to transfer over. (laughs) But, you know. What I'm about to say is going to upset some heresy purists. Okay. There is nothing stopping you if you already play... So, if you're a heresy purist, maybe just mute for 30 seconds. (laughs) Okay, go. Um, there's nothing stopping you taking a Primaris 40k Salamander's army, who are all essentially in Mark IV armor, mm-hmm. and buying Vulcan and going, cool, my 10-man tactical squads, they're on the right base. I'm just going to use them as 10-man tactical squads in Heresy. Yeah. The scale of the new Mark Sixes means they're not going to look super out of place. Mm-hmm. And they're all armed with bolt guns. There's no issues with WYSIWYG, they're still clearly space marines. They're still... Yeah. In in the short term, obviously, that lets you just start playing. Mm-hmm. It means that if you have a space marine army, um, Hellblasters cross over fine. Now, admittedly, the Gravis armored ones don't. Um, so your um, Eradicators and your... Um, uh, you know, the different Gravis... I can't even think of the names of them. Aggressors, there's one of them. Uh, Inceptors is another they're not going to cross over because they have no comparable unit in Heresy. But Mm. at its core, if you have 30 tactical marines, or 30 tactical marines, or you've got 30 intercessors, you probably get away with that. They're still marked, they're still, the the helmet of the intercessor is still basically a Mark IV. They're all carrying the same bolt gun. Same with the Hellblaster. You can actually fudge it a little bit and put them on the table and unless you know what you're looking at, it's not going to matter. Yeah. 
and the color schemes for a lot of those legions didn't significantly change. Dark Angels did, but Salamanders are still green. It doesn't, like, that doesn't change. White Scars are still white. Mm. Um, Ultramarines, still blue. Um, <laughs> there's only a couple of them that really shifted. And the, one of the reasons, I've always liked the idea of the Night Lords, and if you haven't read Aaron Dembski bowdens Night Lords trilogy, go and read it because it's really good. I think you said that in the thing with um, yep. Sam, didn't you? How yep. many times do you want to say it? Again, because it's one of my favourite series for 40. It's a 40K series, not a heresy series. Um, but one of the reasons that I picked the Terror Squad up was because I wanted to do a unit of Night Lords just because I wanted to. Now I'm looking at them going, cool, I can field them as... Chaos Space Marines, because the Night Lords don't change. They don't even go to. They don't even really fall to chaos. They side with the Chaos Marines, but they don't ever become proper Chaos Marines. I can use them for Heresy, awesome. I could use them as Loyalist Space Marines in 40k and use them like Raven Guard rules or something like that, because there were Loyalists. Like the the Night Lords went out on their own, so I could do a Loyalist unit of using the Space Marine Codex. I'm getting three armies for the price of one now. This is a bargain. So that's my thought process in convincing you to let me buy another Spartan or two. Uh, <laughs> you're right. I don't have to convince you. I'll just do it and deal with it afterwards. No, no. You know the thing, asking for permission is better than asking for forgiveness. It's not. It's really, really no, not. It's the other way around. Yeah. Asking asking for forgiveness is always better than it's asking not. permission. That's what I'm trying to say. That is <laughs> no, not, no, no. That's I've, not good. No, no. We're going to go with your first version. No. Asking permission <laughs> is always better. But you're right. I did stuff that you up. did stuff that up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, my poor brain. <laughs> there'll be some photos of what we've got here in terms of I'll get some sprues of the Mark 6s because I've still got a couple I haven't built so they're still on frame. Um, we'll get some photos of the two converted Praetors on my awesome painting handle. And uh, if you've got any questions or queries about the sprues or the, what you get in the box, there's a couple of weeks before you get your hands on it, let us know. We're happy to answer them. Now, your painting handle. Yes. I just I do want to touch base on that just for a second. So sure. one of the reasons that I mention your painting handles, um, and I've posted a photo of them in the past, is you don't have to spend money on... No. Certain things. So the painting handles can be great and they can work really well when you're working with Space Marines that are going on bases and whatnot. But I think that was $4 and included the chewing gum that came It did, in yeah. <laughs> so Two weeks worth of chewing gum on yeah. the work. And you've been using that. It's been um, spray painted a bit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, and I'm quite liking, quite liking the um, overall effect of it. <laughs> but, you know, often we talk about oh, there's this new product and it's really cool or didn't think I'd like this. What was it? You know, the thing to remove the Oh, the mold line remover, yeah. yeah. Didn't think I'd like this mold line remover because I've been doing it with the scalpel for the last however long. I reminded myself why I should be using that mold line remover. He did (laughs) bleed all over one of the models that he was cleaning up. So often we're talking about new products that come out and with those new products comes new price price tag. Yep. But you don't. Some of these things you don't necessarily need. So you can apparently paint your models with the three dollar makeup brushes from Kmart, although you haven't tried it yet. And I'm going to be honest, I haven't managed to find any three dollar paint um, makeup brushes in Kmart. But no. still, um, so you can paint with makeup brushes, or you can use a chewing gum container as a paint handle, or any of the other things that we. Yeah, don't be afraid to use what works for you. Yeah. Or a two dollar tape measure instead of a fifty dollar tape measure, yep. and super glue that comes from Bunnings is super glue. 
Yeah. I think we're done for today, then. That covers us. Thank you very much for listening. Um, we have a bunch of new releases on the horizon that we'll be talking about in the episodes. Mm-hmm. And um, I think our son is going to be desperate to join us for the next one because it's featuring one of his favourite armies. Mm-hmm. And Are we allowed to say what it is? Well, um, they've started previewing bits of it on the Wyoming community site. So we'll leave that to your listening ears. Okay. When we go off air, will you tell me what it is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got, I got an email about it yesterday or the day before. Um, but I think he'll want to come and talk about that with us for the next episode, assuming it, oh, it's probably two episodes away. Um, well, it depends. Depends. We haven't been very good at no. doing these regularly. Um, which is why we do longer episodes. No, it's not. No, We're it's because it's, it's we just jibber. Yeah. Um, but he's definitely going to come on for one of those episodes. And I think... Um, I think I like the idea of going back, uh, going back to sort of doing guests for the second half to talk about it and um, giving us a third perspective rather than just our own, because we can what? do our, we can do our own for the first bit like we're doing now. What? Or, and Who then, wouldn't or just want to listen to us jabber about it? And without... then we can do someone else for the second part, and then we can wrap it up by ourselves again. Okay. So uh, I'm going to start hitting up some of the locals and some of the international people I know and trying to get some more guests on, and. Um, We'll see where that takes us with some of the episodes. Mm. In the meantime, we hope you've enjoyed our chat about heresy today. If you've got any questions, send them through. Um, if you're in Perth and you want to see any of the models, um, I can probably have them at work. You can come and see me at Hobby Tech Toys. Um, otherwise, you'll see them in a few weeks' time. And I look forward to seeing you on tables sometime soon playing heresy again. I know there's a lot of people very keen for it. Um, I know we're going to be playing some. Sam's already wrote me into at least two games. So, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Lachlan's teaching me 40k. Is he? Mm -hmm. Good luck with that. Mm. (laughs) So I don't think I'll be able to play 30k with you, I'm sorry. That's too much to take in, is it? (laughs) Yeah. Given the, the given the rule book is three hundred and something pages, and the oh. first hundred and fifty are fluff, and then I went, oh my god, god, the rest of its rules. Oh my god, what was seventh edition? How did I learn this? Mm. <laughs> that's I think I'm better with knots and crosses. That's something we didn't talk about in this episode. Is um, will the seventh edition codexes for the Xenos races still work with the new version of Heresy? Because they did in the past. Do you know the answer to that? I think the answer is yes. For the most part, it might need some tweaks. Okay, well, I don't think we should talk about that now because you don't know the answer. No, no, and we're I, wrapping up. I think I we're think the answer is up. yes. We're with a little up. asterisk attached it's to really it. Really lovely talking to Sam today about uh, heresy, and um, you know, I think it's awesome to see that heresy's got its own tab on the website now. It's awesome to see things being labelled as heresy rather than being labelled still labelled as 40k I mean the the seventh really codexes have initiative values like this I book does I think that's really great for inclusion and I think that's one of the things that we've seen that and all the weapons are pretty having same. your label out there makes you feel like there's space for and you and the universal so special rules will cross over as well so thanks Sam for your time and for all the insight that came with that and the phases still work as well <laughs> and we look forward to um, seeing where Harris goes for but for now happy gaming everyone
listening to the Objective Secured podcast. If you'd like to get in touch, you can visit our website, objectivesecured.com.au. You can find us on Facebook, Facebook forward slash Objective Secured, or you can email us, obsec at optusnet.com.au. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.